Welcome to the Arcade Repair Tips Question and Answer Podcast, the podcast that answers your questions about arcade repair and restoration. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Chris. Welcome to Arcade Repair Tips, episode 68. I'm Eric, your host, and with me, now I can say, as always, my co-host, Rusty. Hey, Rusty, how's it going? Just fine, sir. How are you today? I don't think there's a single thing that I can complain about today. Well, nobody's going to listen to you anyway. It's nice outside. (laughs) It is. Beautiful day. A big pinball festival is coming up soon. It is. It is. Life life is good. You you know, before we go too much further, I know we haven't changed our intro, so everybody that's hearing this is hearing it say, Arcade Repair Tips with Eric and Chris. (laughs) So we are aware of it. We just haven't had our voiceover guy record a new intro yet so. and i am not pretending to be chris <laughs> <laughs> just can i just you know so it makes it easier for the uh intro can i just call you chris chris no <laughs> <laughs> no although i have a great deal of respect for for chris oh yeah he he absolutely was, he he did a, a great job and uh he is man he is one smart guy with this stuff so what's been going on in your world rusty arcade related well, I tell you, the uh, our five-year anniversary was for the Game Preserve went amazingly well. We probably had 500 people there. It was great. It was a fantastic party. Our, we had a great time. A lot of people showed up. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but mostly what I'm doing is getting ready for the Texas Pinball Festival, pulling in machines, cleaning them up, getting ready. I did take a flight to oklahoma oh yeah let's hear about that yeah that was kind of a spur of the moment thing you called me to see if i wanted to go up there and i have <laughs> yeah. really do that but yeah i was trying to find somebody to ride i was going to take the rv to begin with ride up there and then get a trailer and bring it back and did since i didn't find anybody to ride with me i got airline tickets and i flew to tulsa flew into tulsa and then got a taxi to a u-haul place rented a u-haul truck and then drove back with the games I bought, expecting. So to this buy was some games. a pinball only auction, right? How many machines? It was a hundred and sixty pinball machines, all from a single collector. He did have one uh, of the Galaga Miss Pac Man twenty fifth twenty fifth anniversary game, full size game, and he had. There was also a lots of of. Um, like tools and stuff that came out of his garage, but mostly he had he had games and pinball games. It was all about the pinball games. One hundred and sixty games, mostly EMs, right? Mostly electromechanical. There was there was probably maybe ten non ten solid state games. Most of them were all pre eighty five though. They were early early solid states, and that seems to be mostly what the guy was into. And he had games back to the nineteen thirties. He had some really old games. The things about his games, um he had a lot of what I would say are collector games because most of your normal most people really wouldn't want they're flipperless games, right? Mm-hmm. So they're really not, you know, super fun games. They really people wouldn't pick them up. But they were collector games, but they weren't collector quality games. So desirable titles, but not necessarily the best condition. Exactly, exactly. And and then we all stood around and, and watched the prices, and we were just amazed at how— Well, before you talk about the actual auction, you know, if you book a flight, <laughs> rent a U-Haul, knowing you're going to drive the U-Haul back, not take a flight— that's a level of commitment. That that's you saying, 
I'm not coming back empty-handed, right? Yes, and 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 you're 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 right on with that because when the thing actually started, um, I really the first two or three times the prices were higher than what I was anticipating to pay, and I was first thinking, okay, well, it's going to prices are going to get better as we go along. Prices, all right, prices aren't getting any better. I got to buy some. If I got to go ahead and realize these are the prices and and commit on what we're buying. So 160 games. How many people bidding? Oh gosh, I, there had to be 50, 75 people there that mm-hmm. were were actually bidding. I don't know, but it was it was crowded in there. It really was crowded. And the only way that I was able to manage the process was I went through and I they gave you a sheet with all the names all the games listed so the for, for the auction started i went through and i rated every game a 1 through 5 mm-hmm. a 5 was a um a game that just it looks like i could just take it and sell it it just brand new ready to go and then a 1 was a machine that was just better go parts cheap. yeah it's just parts all you can even use it for is parts and um uh, so i rated them all so then whenever they talked Whenever they started auctioning them, a lot of times I couldn't see the game because mm-hmm. it was so crowded. But since I you did, had I your was sheet, like, you had your had cheat sheet, sheet, and I could look at it and was able to bid. And um, I think that made a difference for a lot of folks. But there were people that were collectors that uh, bid some numbers up. There were people that had never owned a pinball machine that bid some games, <laughs> bid some scores up, some prices up rather. Uh, but I think. I don't think we could say that it was all raised. The prices were all set because of people not knowing. I think it's indicative of the fact that pinball is becoming a more um, popular thing. And we're seeing prices of pinball go up. I think we're starting to see. So, Which, of course, I'm hoping I came back with 13 games. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping it is going up. (laughs) Are you going to keep any for yourself, or is this all going to go through your business, restore, and sell? You know, that's a good question. I bought bought several games that that I would like to keep, uh, but... um, it depends. I think it just as I go through. I've got a bunch of games now. Do I need to keep some more? Or do I, you know where do I put them? And that's part of the problem is where do I keep all these games? But there's some really cool ones, and then I've got some that are that are yeah I just got just to get rid of. Well, that's a long way from home, long way from Houston. Did you see anybody up there that you knew? Oh yeah, we saw a lot of folks from Dallas um, and a couple of guys. Um, some guys came down from Missouri. And um, had a really great conversation with a bunch of the guys. Uh, and, of course, as they're bidding and these prices are going up, we're all looking at each other going, holy cow, I'm a millionaire. How about all these games I've got? <laughs> they're worth so much more and, now than we thought they were. And then you go home and you can't sell, can't no, sell a can't game. Sell yeah, there was games. that They sold a, uh, They sold several games. They, they have a, a Knight Rider. Now, it was a solid-state version of the Knight Rider pinball machine that I'm trying to sell for – here in my shop, you have the EM. Version? I have the EM version, which is actually more rare than the solid state was of that game. And what I'm asking for it, they sold a non-working solid state for like three hundred dollars less than what I'm asking for a fully working EM. It's like holy cow. Well, you know these auctions, <laughs> it's it's a it's a frenzy, and it really people get worked up. And I'm one of those people. I've been to an auction like, you know. 
why did I pay? Why did I spend that money? And you, and you hear the numbers, and you sometimes you don't immediately think of the uh, the buyer's premium. I know you told me that one didn't have it was only yeah uh, he didn't, didn't have buyer's premium. Yeah. But you know it's a tax. You you know you generally have a buyer's premium plus tax, taxes, which is you know typically. Twenty percent higher yeah, than the yeah. the yeah. hammer price. Yeah. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Gavel hammer yeah. price. And you you're done. You're like, man, I didn't go into this thinking that I was going to spend that much money on yeah. that particular game. But you yeah. get caught up in the action. Well, you do, you do, and and uh, some of it's good. Some of it's you know you're you're. It's good in that you you watch the the value of the games. It gives you a better idea of what's going on with the values of. And I've been to a lot of different auctions, from cattle auctions when I was younger and we lived on a farm, till uh, uh, antique auction. My mom owns an antique store in Liberty, Texas, so I've been doing auctions for antique stores and furniture and all that for years. So um, I'm a little immune to some of the action getting caught up and getting but there were some games that i when i went to buy i just knew i had to buy there was the texan there and i had restored a texan mine and it the back glass was bad and it wasn't working and but mine has a broken part that i can't find this one's gonna have it (laughs) so i that's one of the main reasons i bought it because i can take it fix it have mine running and then be able to to do something with that game I know you can't take a pinball dolly on an airplane, so no. how did you how did you get these things loaded up? Well, I tell you, it's funny because uh, after we bought them all up, I needed to get out that night so I could drive the next day, and I had bought 13 games, had to take them all down, and um, about three days previous, I had busted my toe my toes on my left foot really bad. I I thought I'd actually broke them. I busted it so bad and I could barely walk. And luckily, uh, Sean Christensen from Dallas was there and he has spent a night was getting a hotel and he actually helped me load them all. And and a big thanks to him. Oh, it really was. He's a great guy, you know, and, and, and he's, he's a great guy for helping him do that. But I will say that it's, it's the arcade and pinball community guys. We just, you know, we see somebody neat. We just do it just for grins, you know, right. We'll see the same thing through all the stuff. So, but anyway, so yeah, I've been I've been trying to get stuff ready for uh, TPF. I've got uh, TPF being the acronym the for the Texas, Texas Pinball. Pinball Festival. Yep, and uh, I'm bringing uh, the circus game, the Night Rider. I'm going to bring a masquerade. Oh, and I bought another masquerade game because I may keep a masquerade. Mm-hmm. I like the masquerade. It's an old EM game. I may keep that one. I bought another one so I could keep it and sell that one. Whatever. Um, and then I'm going to bring. There's one called Pioneer, which is the same as the Spirit of '76, and two player versus a four player. Four player. Yep, yep, sure is. And the Pioneer is a two player. So you see more of the artwork. It's a great back glass. The the back glass is awesome on that one. So I'm going to bring that one in. Uh, Holly Chicago Coins Hollywood. Um, it has like um, I'm going to say it has Laurel and Hardy on the front, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And um, then uh, Hee Haw. They actually as have in one like the TV show? Yep, as in it's supposedly it's a TV show, but nobody on the TV show. There's really no, they patterned it kind of after the TV show, but there's really no actual pictures of the stars from the TV show. Right. So Buck Owens, Roy Clark, they're not on there. It's just people. So it's like, like when you see the eight ball pinball and, and you have to pretend that that's not Fonzie on the yes. back glass. When exactly. That's Fonzie on that's the back really glass. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really, yeah, that, um, 
And I've got a Tron, too. I just now got my Tron working. I, uh, El Dorado Games up in Missouri rebuilt my boards for me. They did a great job. And oh, so I've those, got a fully I, working Tron. That's good. You, uh, I'm glad you didn't ask me to fix those Tron, those MC, they're, you know, they, they call them MCR boards. Yes. Uh, uh, a fun trivia fact, MCR, Midway Card Rack is what that oh, stands okay. for. Uh, so, you know, Tron, uh, Journey, um, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of all the games that uh, Tapper that, you know, use yeah. that same, they're kind of a pain to work on because it's a three board set and, uh, lots of interconnects, lots of, so they're, they're kind of, kind of tough to, to work on. Yeah. But, uh, so, but you got it up and I running. I sent it up there, the boards, I got it. They got the boards and he normally charges 190 boards, he, $190 to fix a set of Trons, no matter what, <laughs> except on my boards. And he had to completely replace a board and he charged me an extra 30 bucks to do oh, it. Oh, that was, that was so, still good. Yeah, it was still a good price and, and especially for a set of Tron boards. I know five but, years ago on eBay, it would be $300 to get a working Tron board set. Yeah. And it's probably done nothing but yeah. gone up since Yeah, since well, then. I paid... I paid one seventy five, I think, for that board set off mm-hmm. of eBay. That wasn't. I mean, they didn't know if it worked or not. Well, yeah, I think they did because if somebody tries to sell you one that says it's not work, they don't know if it's working. It, uh, or untested not. means they've tested it and it's not working. And it's not working. Yeah, you need to. You need to just assume that it's not. And so they had to replace it. So it tossed me. I probably got me. I probably got three fifty in the boards, mm-hmm. but. The the game itself everything works all the lights work and it it's a nice you looking the, cabinet. You have the black lights the in black it. lights are working and all that and it's really it's really looking good. It's going to be a nice game. To have. You know that's a and I have a, a Tron in the in the other room and it's a really nice one and I can't. It's probably been at least a year since I've played it. It's a great game, yeah. but it's a to me that's al- it's almost a work of art. You know oh, it it's is. it's there as a. Uh, you know it's fun to play but it's you know it's one that i don't want to get rid of because it yeah. just it's kind of uh like if you had that's that's a game that really says 80s arcade yeah yeah and and it's and it's amazing how much difference in price that one is compared to other arcade games i mean we're talking 1800 to 2000 dollars value yeah. of those tron games where a regular video game is four five six hundred bucks and there were tons of trons Tron. made back in the just, day everybody wants them yeah, just a very popular one. Anything yeah. else uh, of interest since the... Uh, not really. That was it. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Well, I'm also neat. Well, I need to get a game ready for TPF. I'm not even sure what I'm going to take up there. I'm going to take a... Uh, I think I'm going to... I have a Space Invaders pinball that is not currently working that I think I'm going to try to get it working between now and then. Um. Oh, you know, just the usual kind of repair stuff we had. Well, the last time we talked, that's maybe something worth talking about. The last time we had a uh, recorded a podcast, you had the Donkey Kong board set that was doing some strange things. And we were going to look at it right after we did the recording. And we did look at it. We did look at it. And that one kicked my butt for a little (laughs) while. It really, I thought it was, I really thought that was going to be an easy one. So what the problem was the sound the as you turn the game on donkey kong has this sound i'm not sure that i'm going to be able to duplicate this <laughs> when you jump it has a it kind of fades out it's it starts off strong like a springy kind of and it fades out quickly that sound was just kind of at low volume in the background all the time now when you play the game and hit the jump button you'd get the loud jump and but it wouldn't fade all the way out like it's supposed to 
now I we took this game board, we hooked it up and hooked it up to the power on the bench. The power supply had the speaker connected, the oscilloscope to check all the waveforms, and and actually had a good soundboard to compare it to. And it just it was you know we I was replacing the components that looked like they could have been bad, and it just it always stayed well after analyzing the circuit realized kind of how the how the whole jump sound how they they mute it with injecting a dc voltage to that they can vary to kind of kill the uh, kill the sound and it just wasn't completely killing it all the way ended up finding the solution from another donkey kong board set that i had in in my machine where i saw that nintendo realized that there was kind of a problem with it and they put a uh, they call it, it's like a, uh, I guess you could call it like a, it's not like a bodge wire, but it's an, af- it's, it's an afterthought. Like, uh, we've got to, we've got to kind of re-engineer this after production. So they put a, uh, a resistor in a specific place, uh, and it corrects the problem. Uh, and it was done on my board. I put it on the one that you brought and fixed the problem. There the jump is. sound was still correct, but it faded away exactly like it should yeah and it sounds and the other thing you had to work on too is the uh the high the vertical sink oh right and that one was was, that was not i did a little tracing and found that that was uh that was the bad potentiometer right yeah because i also had another donkey kong board set i fixed right after that since i was already you know okay i'm already i'm doing i'm doing one let's do another one real quick so that and that was a a sink issue also, but it was uh, that was Robert's uh, Donkey Kong. That was a bad chip on it. Well, and I think even though you got that, I think I mine was uh, I still have a problem with the vertical sink on mine, and I'm thinking that uh, it's on the monitor though because I had another Sanyo twenty uh, Easy twenty mm-hmm. that I repaired for another person and another client and hooked it up to that Donkey Kong. And it doesn't twitch. Mm-hmm. It just this other one. When you hook it up, it'll run fine. And then about every five minutes, it'll twitch. And then it'll be fine. And it'll twitch again. And and gosh, I don't know. I'm really. I'm thinking there's probably a, a bad solder connection right. somewhere in it. And I just have to trace that down. Yeah, it 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 worked well on the monitor here on the Donkey Kong monitor here. So. Yeah. And it was working fine on the other monitor. So it's got to be what I've got in the monitor. And I did rebuild that monitor. I did re redo that um that monitor i really just wasn't hoping it was that easy 20 because that thing is a pain that easy 20 is a pain oh, but to yeah. pull apart i think we have a, a question about that well yeah we'll, we'll talk get about to that, that a little, yeah. little yeah, more that is a in depth kind of a pain. yeah yeah but and then, yeah, as far as yeah I, I, I know i've worked on some other things but if it didn't happen within the past day or two i have a hard time remembering <laughs> yeah. what i work on so many oh i know what one thing i'm working on is i acquired four flat panel mega touch machines and i have been going through the, i i thought i had given up working on those i've gone i've repaired a lot of mega she, mega touch machines over the years and most of them have been the uh crt version you know the mm-hmm. larger uh version uh with a 13 inch screen and you know they're basically just a computer with a touch sure. screen overlay and you know i say a computer like a you know P, uh, a regular pc motherboard with some extra stuff on it and i really thought i was done with them but i i, I found a deal locally where i picked up four bad ones for a pretty good price and i'm in the middle of 
fixing all of those. So they're going to show up at TPF? Mm, no, they're heavy. I don't want to get <laughs> Even the flat panel ones are really heavy. So these are these are like full-size arcades, not like a No, no, no. They're, they're, the, they're the bar top ones, but they're still 100 pounds. Oh, you don't want to shove it in your truck? No, nope, I don't. <laughs> yep, I'm done. <laughs> but I am doing something different with these um, ones that I'm working on now. I'm going to put solid-state hard drives in them. As opposed mm. to the you know conventional uh, spinning platter hard drive uh, to kind of increase the reliability and uh, increase the speed of the boot time and everything. I think I want to keep one of them. I've had I kind of miss my Mega Touch. I you yeah know, I had had them had one for you know years and like yeah, I don't play this anymore. Sell it and you're like oh, now I want to play it. Play it again, yeah, and it's gone. Well, Brian Goss did that to our Fix It Felix, put in a solid state drive, mm-hmm. and it made a huge difference. It really does. It, yeah, it'll it'll boot twice as fast, and it won't crash. It won't or crash. shouldn't shouldn't crash. Crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it does make a big difference. It does make a big difference. So you know, earlier you were talking about bringing the games back from Oklahoma and loading them into the truck and all that. So. I think that'd be something good for us to talk about for a, a little while. Trans, transporting games. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so so. What was? Tell me your very first game you bought, and how did you get it home? Do you remember? Of course you remember. I remember the game I bought, and I I, I can and I have several stories about uh, that particular. The first game I ever bought was from a now defunct mall in. Monroe, West Monroe, Louisiana. It was the Glenwood Mall uh, at an arcade that they had a Gottlieb black hole pinball machine that didn't work, wouldn't wouldn't boot up, wouldn't turn on. And if memory serves me correct, I think I got it for a hundred bucks. So how'd you find out about it? Was you just looking for it, or how did I find out about it? Well, I was you know back in the going to the. This was nineteen eighty. Eight. Wow. Yeah. And so that was back when I was still spending a pretty fair amount of time in the arcade. I guess maybe maybe I knew someone oh, that okay. worked there or whatever. And they said, hey, here, you want to buy this thing? It doesn't work. buy and- it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I, so I guess I was 18 at the time. And I was like, well, yeah, I, surely I can fix that. <laughs> and I knew a little bit about electronics then. Not, not, not enough, but I knew a little yeah. bit about it. So I, I bought it, brought it home. I didn't have a truck. I had uh, I had a little tiny RX seven back then. <laughs> oh my so crap! I don't know. I obviously I had a friend that somebody a friend to help you bring it on. Uh, I don't really remember much about bringing it back. I remember working on it, and I remember enlisting the help of a um, so the local arcade in Ruston, Louisiana. Had uh, the guy who the technician or the the guy who worked for the company that worked on the games was somebody I knew, and um, he helped me really helped me a good bit with getting it up and running because that was long that was before internet, before eBay, before you oh, could yeah. buy boards, before you know I mean it's you know yeah. if you you either had a manual or you know you were lost yeah yeah uh, and uh, well let me ask you a question do you think that because we now have the ease of access to schematics and boards and things like that, do you think that is what's helping these old Resurgence? games? No, I, I don't think that's... I mean, it 
helps the process of repair and such, but I don't think that's responsible for the re- people's interest in having them now. I think that's strictly a product of age of people like myself who were playing it, you know, at the arcade back then and now we have a little bit of money and room you know have the disposable income to go to, that's going to make us young again but there you <laughs> go yeah although i guess i'm not an example of because i've had game you know that's that i, I started getting games when I, while i was still young but yeah. as far as now why so many people are into it i think that's yeah. why so the uh so you got that that one just loaded up what about the what about a video arcade what was uh, and you know, I have a story about that since <laughs> I don't remember what the first video game I, I purchased was, but, um, I do have a, uh, you can learn from my mistake from what I'm about to tell you. I had a uh, little small pickup truck. This was, this was about 20 years ago and I had a little Mazda B2200 and I was picking up a couple of games that were in my storage unit, bringing them to the house. A Defender, Williams Defender, and a Nintendo versus something, baseball or, or tennis or whatever. And threw them in the back, got them loaded up. They were upright in the back of the truck. And I had my straps of, uh, pulled, uh, had them pulled up nice and snug to the... Uh, front of the bed to the like cab part of the bed i imagine that i used probably at least two straps to do that nice and snug let me tell you where i did not put a strap over the top of them and uh you i'm sure everybody can jump ahead in time and know where this is going so when i was uh making that left hand turn on highway 295 onto reedville road in spartanburg south carolina they they were in the intersection. They uh, yeah, and and it was not pretty. <laughs> no, I imagine not. I no, imagine and not. it's you know it was the mad rush to get what parts, uh, all the parts back in the bed of the truck. They weren't in one piece. It wasn't the games weren't in one piece anymore. Um the the cabinets were gone. They were. I mean, you know, I got them out of the the road, but the. I think uh, I know the board sets were good. The uh, monitor, I don't remember. Surely the monitor broke. I don't remember. That was too long ago. Yeah, I would imagine so. Man. So, you know, now if I'm carrying, that was two games. The only way I could have brought two was to put them, you know, I had no choice to have them upright. But I I go overboard now with straps. I have, but the key thing that I didn't do then was put one over the top of it. And I, whenever I see somebody carrying a refrigerator, I'm like, man, there's no strap on the top of it. I'm, I'm going to stay away from them. Yeah, so. give them room. Give them room. Yeah, and and um, so so that's something I, th- I think we we can cover a little bit and talk about as we talk about because people are buying machines for the very first time and they're right. taking them home. And I and I hear people, hey, I've got this machine now to work on. How do I get it over there? And and so you know, and the mistakes that that I see is that people will grab it. Well, first of all, you can lay a machine on its back. Absolutely, yeah. But there's some caveats to that. You need to look inside that machine and make sure there's nothing banging around nothing in loose. there. that's going to be loose because I've seen people bring the machine. Oh, I brought the machine over, and we go to set it down. We pull it out of the back. We stand it up, and you're bang, 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 because the transformer board wasn't bolted down. So then it was laying sideways, and then it laid back over, and, oh, man, it just – 
it's not good. And the, the fragile piece that's in a video game, if you you know have it, is the back of the the, the neck of the CRT tube. Yep. It does not take much to snap one of those things. No, it doesn't. So you know if you if you are going to get a game for the first time and you're thinking about buying a game for the first time, one of the things you want to do before you bring it home, put it on a dolly. Take the back out of it. Make sure everything's secure. Make sure the guy brought his over for a client, brought his over for me to look at, pulled the back off of it, and it was full of kids' toys. Yeah. Legos and and uh, jacks and just, oh, you name these toys, it was in there. It was just full. It was like they were hiding all their stuff. Well, he carried it like that. So all that stuff was banging around inside the machine. And, and, and needless to say, there were some issues with some of the boards and other stuff with it. So, um, so open the back. Make sure you get everything out of it. Make sure everything's tied down and it's tight and it's not going to come loose. And then pin it, set it on his back. Bring right. it yeah, in the no, back of your No truck. problem with that. Pinball machines, I have, I have seen people transport them with the legs on. It, to me, that just seems crazy. But, you know, it's if it's... You know, believe it or not. So the very first time I went to the Texas Pinball Festival was about six years ago. I had bought my first game. We found out about the Texas Pinball Festival. I had my first working. It was a, a Goldwings was my first working pinball machine that I actually took. And we went up there, took it all the way to Dallas. Head up, leg zone. Yeah. All the way to so Dallas. You, you probably decreased your gas <laughs> on mileage because trailer. of the wind resistance. On of a the, trailer. <laughs> on a trailer. <laughs> on a trailer. It was crazy. I can't believe it survived it. I, I really am lucky. And as I pulled up there, everybody looked at me going, oh, my God, you drove off. <laughs> that yeah, and I'm like, yeah. You're not supposed to do that? Yeah, yeah. I thought it'd be fine. Yeah. No, take your legs off. And actually, it's easy. If if you have a pinball machine and you want to put it in the back of the pickup truck, if it's a lot of people have them in their garages or whatever, just put the pinball machine with the legs on it right next to the back of the pickup truck. Pick up the back end, take the back legs off, and slide it in the truck. Mm-hmm. Take the front legs off. Slide it the rest of the way in the truck. Right. Look, it's in the truck. Then all you got to do is lay the head down. Yeah, I have a whole procedure that I do that if I have to do it by myself, I can. You just you put the, you know, okay, so your tailgate is down. I bring the machine with the, the back of it towards the tailgate, pointed at kind of like a 45-degree angle away from the uh, uh, the back of the truck and lift the back end of it off to kind of the pointy corner end of the tailgate. Then you can take the back two legs off uh, and then slide the whole thing around to kind of the middle. This is kind of – I hope I'm describing this well because this is <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of a visual. But then you can push it almost all the way in then take the front legs off. In the back box, older games, uh, you could take it loose, but you'd have to kind of strap it down. Newer pinballs are hinged. So you'd still unbolt it, but it stays kind of a – either way, you still want to strap it and put like a um, like a mover's cloth on the on the play field so that when you when you set it down, it's um, not going to, you know, like scratch anything. Yeah, and a lot of people I've seen too, I've had people bring their machines over and they take the back glass out of mm-hmm. the machine. And I don't recommend that you do that. Leave it in there. It's safe where it's at. It, mm-hmm. It's good where it's at. But you want to make sure, and what I always suggest is you take the back glass out. You usually have to anyway to get it to lay down. But make sure that there's usually a, a light board behind it that swivels right. that you can get in. Make sure that light board is 
latch tight mm-hmm. that it's not going to bang around and land against your glass. But leave the glass on it, and by all means, and because it protects that glass, it keeps it from it. I've seen people carry it in their back end of their pickup truck, and that's more likely. Yeah, it's more likely to get broke when it if you got to stop quick than it would be if you just left it in the back on the on the machine itself. Now, one of the things I will tell you, and this happened to, uh, I won't mention <laughs> who did it, but somebody was bringing a video game to uh, the game preserve for us to use. And they went to unload it. And again, using that method where it's on its back, slid it out to where they leaned it over and were just going to put it down on the corner and then go to grab it. Well, that... Um, machine actually had wheels. Oh, on the wheels on, on the back, back. Right. which and which, it's not, which a lot of that them machine, do. right? Exactly, a lot of them have that. A lot of them do. And so, what's it do? It skated whoosh, right out, boom! And not only did it go off the back of the truck, it went through the window, the front window of our uh, of the game preserve, and I lost a section of my window in that. No kidding! I did not know this story. <laughs> Took out. Took out a window as well as laid the game on his back in a rather... Now, luckily, the the monitor, it didn't break. He was there enough to to slow it down before it hit the ground, but it hit the ground pretty hard, and it went through a window. And, so can you give me and, the initials of the person who did this? Or uh, do we have to wait until after this is over? <laughs> no, no. I think Callan, was, Callan thought it was pretty funny, too. <laughs> <laughs> and Callan's been doing this for 30 years. He's been years, doing it a long for time. A long time. He's, he's moved he more just, machines than I will ever move in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, and he just, he just he said, I forgot it had wheels on it. And when he set it down, whoosh, right through the machine, yeah, it was yeah and of course he was it bothered him but we were it's it's easy you know stuff stuff happens you know we just we it glass wasn't that much game sir paid for it we were lucky to, we were happy and it was a big buck hunter and we had it in there for a long time and and yeah that's a heavy game anyway and it went i think through. they got big heavy buck big hunter. <laughs> heavy buck hunter went through the things but but if you're going to if you're if you're new in the arcade and you're going to to pick up and move a machine Make sure that everything inside the machine is strapped down. Pinballs too. You know we can carry. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah, we should talk about the if the, the all the pinballs in it, the, the balls oh, themselves. Yeah. If the, well, if it's going to lay flat, you're you're okay. Yeah. But if you if you're going to point it upward, make sure you take the balls out of. You know, first. and that was something I had to explain to people at we were at the the auction up in Tulsa. There were people that bought games that never bought games before, mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out how to how to move it. And it was an EM machine. I said, "Well, you can just take it apart." And I said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, the head comes off. The big back box head got comes off, and then you left with the body, and the legs come off, and you can move it." And I said, "If you feel underneath the bottom of the back box, you'll find little plastic feet." Because they were designed to be taken apart, set down, and stored that way. And then once you take the legs off, you can actually stand them up on their back. And they have little plastic feet, most of them do, to stand up on their back. So you can take them down and stand them and let them ride on their back. But take the balls out of it. Mm Because if you don't, the balls fall down. You hit the bottom and bang around in that plastic. It has a very good chance of busting some plastic. The other thing you want to do is before you set it down, open it up. Pull the coin box out mm-hmm. because there there's parts and bolts and nuts and stuff laying in there and all that stuff's going to end at the far end of the. <laughs> when and pinball machines up. are always full of stuff from being worked on for the past thirty years or. So, what was the most years. unique thing you found in a pinball machine? Um, I wouldn't call this unique, but it was kind of fun. I picked up a ice cold. Oh, Zeke's Peak. 
uh-huh. and it had a movie ticket in it from uh, we were so I posted a picture of it and it said what movie theater and how much the ticket was and let's say I don't let's say two dollars and fifty cents yeah so it was cheap I it became a huge spec a thread of speculation of exactly when it was and what movie it could have been so it was you know it was 80s era. oh okay and uh so fun and you know so that was kind of a fun thing but i wouldn't call that a very unique thing yeah uh you know of course you find money in it uh oh yeah and what's neat is you when you find quarters many times they're 70s older or quarters, older, yep. older quarters yep um yeah, I have a box at my shop that every time I get a game, I get money out of it, a little uh, t- uh, Tupperware bowl. I mm-hmm. put it all my change in there. So eventually, I'll use that to go and and buy something oh, that with it. Box right behind down there. There you go. Is that your of, Tupperware have, box? Well, no, no, that's full. I'll if when they have tokens in them. You know, they're from all over the country. Oh yeah, yeah. I keep all the, to- the tokens you know, out. Right. Of it? Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I found a baseball glove. A, a baseball pinball, glove. Baseball glove in a pinball machine. And it wasn't in the front of the pinball machine. It was in the back of the pinball machine. And I have some I have some stories that of things that were found in machines that were not mine but are very interesting. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you'll always talk. find something. You have to ask me that question <laughs> in person because there are some <laughs> – Oh, yeah, there's some unique stuff you find. And people stash just about everything <laughs> inside <laughs> pinball machines. And, you know, and, and that that's really true. People, they, uh, especially once a machine stops working, people, it's just a 300-pound piece of art. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a vault. It's a vault, yeah. Just stuff stuff in it, and people do. So open the machine up. Make sure there's nothing in it that's going to bang around. Because when it does, it falls around. It's going to knock stuff loose, and it's going to break things. So pull all that stuff out. Make sure everything's cleaned out of the machine. Make sure the ball's out of it. Put the play field glass back on. Lay the field in. And even on EMs, you can lay an EM head over. And strap it to the machine right. and carry it as one piece. You don't have to carry it in two separate pieces. If you're doing it by yourself, it's easier with two separate pieces. And you can take a uh, because they're heavy. EM games are really they heavy. are right. And you can take uh, either the shrink wrap stuff. Is that the right yeah. word for it? You shrink wrap. Well, um, yeah, yeah. That, everybody knows it. Every, is that. We, yeah. Everybody knows what we're talking about. The yeah. stuff you when you wrap plastic a game, wrap. you can use the plastic wrap and you know get your buddy on the other side and then you know. Affix the head to the the body yep. that way, or just you know use a strap on it. Just remember, and and I've seen people do this, and they don't think about it. Is they'll get the they'll pull the machine out, they stand it standing up on this little back end, and the first thing they well let's take the plastic wrap off, and they'll just cut mm-hmm. that plastic, or they'll or they'll undo the strap, and then the head just goes bam against <laughs> the ground, and and then bad things happen. Back glasses go, and bad things happen. So just be real careful. Remember remember the process you did to take it to take it down and then reverse that process carefully to put it back up again right well good deal well i before we get actually another thing i'd like to talk about before we get into questions two things i like to talk about uh number one i didn't say this at the beginning of the uh episode it should have teased this but later after the questions we're going to talk to ed vanderveen I'm going to talk to Ed Vanderveen of the Texas Pinball Festival. He's the um, one of the uh, primary promoters of the show. Uh, he and his wife, plus uh, another gentleman, Paul McKinney, put on the show, which is a huge show. And we uh, have a discussion about the show, how it came to be, how it's all uh, – well, just many, many things about the show itself. Number two – 
speaking of shows, we need to talk about the Houston Arcade Expo. It's a long ways away. It's in October, but something, some new news just came out about it yesterday. Which and is we are exciting. so excited to hear this. The location for the past, I think, about 10 years has been a, um, it's been a good location, but it's, we've outgrown that, that hotel. And a new location was just announced. It's going to have double the amount of room, amount of floor space for the show. And the hotel is going to be really nice. It's about triple the size of the previous hotel. Uh, so everybody's really excited about that. And it is October 19th and 20th, Houston Arcade Expo. Come see us. Yeah, we're literally looking forward to it. Uh, the last few years, uh, we've been, um, you know, been there less and less, less machines, less less effort put into it. And uh matter of fact, this last year, the Game Preserve didn't even make a presence there, and neither did Key Arcades. And But we are fully supportive of this new location. We're so excited where it's going to be. I think it's going to make a big difference, and not only with the size, but also with the actual location there, and, and it's a much nicer hotel. We're really excited about what's It's It's going to be down. fun. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, it really is. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. All right. I believe it is time to get into the questions. Do you have? Yeah, you've got your list there. And something I always forget to do. Give the email address. address. So what is the email address? Tell me, Eric. What is the email address? The email address is podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. Yep, send you a message, send your questions in. We'll be able to uh, see if we can't help you out. It'd be good if you had a picture that goes along with it, if you right. had something that we could see. Because um, you, you'll see as we go along here, there could be a couple of different reasons that a machine is doing a particular thing, but based on the description, we can't tell whether it's A or B. So we have to give you both solutions. Yeah, just attach a, a, a picture, especially monitor problems yeah. or like this, a description of how what it's doing visually is, is never as good as an actual yeah. picture. Yeah. Well, let's jump into it. Rusty? Cool. Do you want to, uh, why don't you read this first one? Oh, yeah. Give me the one that's a paragraph the, the long. And a half. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I only go. am doing that because I, I have researched the answers. So. Oh, so so I get to ask questions, you get to answer it? Well, <laughs> fine, let's go that route. Um, all right, Paul has an, Paul sent us in. It has an RK, an Asteroids machine that worked great for years, and when it went out, no one wanted to try to repair it. I was told finding a board was near impossible. Years later, I found someone that rebuilds the board, had the board repaired, and it's in my hand. I'm told by infant numbers of experts, has he talked to us? <laughs> he has now. He has now. How easy it is to install the board, but none have shown how to do it. So, should I try doing this myself? Could I ruin the board? Let's And let's pause let's stop there because right he, ju yep. he jumps onto a different subject. I'm going to address several things on this. Asteroids, I wouldn't actually not say that it's a hard board to find because I was tasked with finding two of these boards over the past couple of years. In fact, if you turn around, there are three asteroids boards over there. And if you look to your right, there's a whole harness, uh, uh, like a test bench for asteroids. So they, they are not really too hard to find. There were a lot of asteroids made, yeah. a lot of them. So, yeah. yeah. But 
as far as how to install the board, uh, it's somewhat straightforward, forward, but there's only one connector. It's, you know, what they call the edge connector. It's just one connector, but it can be put on backwards. The, uh, it, the game board itself does have what they call a, a key on it or a slot for a key, meaning that your edge connector, the female part of your edge connector, might have a key in it, which is just a little slither of plastic that makes sure that the uh, – hopefully that wasn't loud. Rusty's <laughs> just Drop dropped mic, his microphone. <laughs> I hadn't even been drinking today. <laughs> So it the it can be put on backwards. So I grabbed one of my Asteroids boards and my harness, which is just about a foot to your right there. And here's how it should be connected. If you look on your game board, you will see uh, A to Z on one side and then numerically on the uh, – actually, you know what? I'm going to grab one of the game boards right now so I can better – describe what i'm saying okay on your connector just as i said you've got a to z on one side and one through 22 on the other so they obviously skip a few letters don't they yep yep and that's very typical very typical and here is what my notes say looking at z the the connector when you uh which is the uh oh sorry you know what rusty just pointed at something there are two connector two edge connectors on this atari board one of them is not it's a much smaller one but it's it does not get used it's for um testing purposes in the factory it's it's uh, nothing's connected to it so you'll match up the size but it's a smaller size so you're not going to uh can't put the wrong can't, yeah can't, can't put, put it on there wrong right uh so the z if you look at where on the game board it's silk screened z uh that is where the grandma notes again that is where the black wire will go. In other words, if you flip it and have the harness going the wrong way, it's going to be the wrong color. That's not. It's not going to be a black wire. It's going to be like a red with something. So as long as you put it in the orientation where Z has the black wire going to it, then you're going to be golden. Um, let's see. He also mentions. Let's jump back to the uh, to the question here. Uh, centipede game monitor is blurry and has streaks in the picture, but the brightness is fine. Should I look at the back to try to adjust? Now he goes on to asking about who, who can he contact to help him up? He doesn't say where he is, but let's, let's jump past the last part of the question. So centipede Atari, uh, the brightness is good, but it's blurry. Now the monitors that came in these games, it could be a, one of a couple of different monitors, but what they all do have is a focus adjustment, uh, which is either directly on the flyback, which the flyback is the large casing that has the uh, usually a red wire coming out of it that goes to the suction cup looking thing on the back of the tube. Don't touch a suction cup. <laughs> yeah, don't don't stick your finger up underneath that. Uh, and it will that flyback will have on it or very close to it a focus adjustment. So that's pretty pretty straightforward. You're going to need either a buddy on the other side of the game to tell you, keep going, keep going. No, go back, go back. Yeah. <laughs> How many exactly. times do you have that conversation? Exactly. Or exactly. a mirror. Exactly, a mirror. Yeah, yeah, and you can use a mirror to lean around. And even the mirror is tricky then because you got one hand behind 
reaching inside the back and the other hand you're stretched out trying to put the mirror in the front of the machine so you can see the now what i did at my shop just because i work on a bunch of them is i actually took went and got one of those um mirrors that go in the bathroom that's got the stretch oh, out yeah yeah so that's it's a stretched. good idea i stretch it out set it like i want then i can just look at the mirror and see so since i do so and, many and you know what else way. i've seen the if you go to a music store and get the stands that hold your sheet music Oh, there I've you seen go. People hook uh, put a mirror on that mirror and on adjust that. it. Uh, yeah. You know, a mic stand would work too. Mic Anything really work. that would stand by itself <laughs> could do it by yourself. Your 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 smallest child could do it too. Here, baby, hold that. <laughs> hold that, hold, hold that the mirror, for daddy. right? Go no, go back, go back to the mirror. There you go. Yeah, and then then you can do it, or somebody can hold a mirror for you. But yeah, but as as you as you work on these games, I was saying this just a minute ago, but. When you're adjusting a monitor and you have your friend over there, when you're going through all the various adjustments, that's one thing you'll get used to saying. Oh, keep going, keep going, keep going. Go back just a little bit. Go back. No, go the other way. Go the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if, if, especially like on some of the older games, the potentiometers, the yeah. adjustment pots tend to get a little dirty and they're hard right. to think. So one minute is right. And, oh, it's not. Oh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's good. Go back the other way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it says here, you know, should I try doing it myself? Could you ruin the board? And and I didn't really answer that directly, but yes, if you put if you put that connector on upside down, you could do some damage to the board. Yeah, you know, and the other thing, what you should, what you could also do too, go out there and Google it. Go out to internet, look for tar, look for asteroids board connection, and you'd be surprised how many people have had a problem and taken a picture of it. Picture, yeah, and you can see how they're actually connected, and maybe that will help find that yeah. i i there's the the internet is so nice now just about everything everything's there, there. just about and now technically you could look at a schematic and get the answer to this but sometimes yeah. schematic if you're just getting into this they can be overbearing or not absolutely. overbearing but they can be you know it can be a little scary intimidating absolutely. intimidating yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely let's go on to the next one this one is from eddie hello arcade repair tips well hello eddie <laughs> I have a Nintendo Donkey Kong arcade machine with the Sanyo monitor that starts up fine, and then after about a minute of play, it's, uh, it goes blind, uh, as in the monitor, uh, you know, no, nothing from the monitor, and, but the game is still playing. Uh, I turn the machine off and back on again, and it starts up fine, then 60 seconds later, it plays blind again. Any suggestions? Well, Capkit. Yeah, once again, we're talking about a game playing blind, so we're going to make... A bit of an assumption here, that being that the everything is okay with the game board itself, since if we still hear the sounds. Now, theoretically, you when a game is playing blind, you still could have a problem with the game board itself, but it's very unlikely. Very, very unlikely. And so now we look at the monitor. Now, we were just talking about Nintendo monitors earlier, and you know, someone someone calls you up, hey, can you rebuild monitors? Yeah. Okay, it's a Nintendo yeah. yeah, it's going to be a little more. Yeah, as a matter of fact, in my shop, I, I have a set price for uh, recapping and re- restoring monitors. And uh, for the Nintendo monitors, I charge an extra 15 bucks on it. Just How much do you paying. charge? Uh, $125. That and includes the That parts? includes the cap kits, but not a flyback. 
Mm-hmm. If I have to get a flyback, it depends on because some some flybacks are cheap, some mm-hmm. flybacks are not cheap. So, uh, but that's 125. That covers the labor and everything. And that's if I have the monitor in my hand. Mm-hmm. Now you bring me the machine and I have to pull it out. Right. Then I'm charging fifty dollars an hour to take it out. But it's usually 125. People bring it in and repair it, rebuild it, and put and it. And you back know that's again. that's a discussion that we could have sometime with whether or not to replace. Some people just in the course of doing a cap kit will replace the flyback even though it's working and there are going to be opinions on both sides of that. I, and I mean, I'll tell you my opinion, I'm not going to replace a flyback unless it's bad. Um, it, you know, if it's, when a flyback goes out, it's not going to really nine times out of 10, it's not going to hurt anything. You're going to hear it before it goes. You're going to see the plastic crack and, Yep. Right. And now every now and then it'll go out and it'll take out some, maybe it'll take out the hot or it'll take out other components. But that's, that's, that's generally because people hear the noise and they keep playing it and keep mm-hmm. turning it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off. Well, then of course it's going to take something out. But, um, but yeah, it, to me, and that's like light bulbs in a game and something. It's just like a light bulb in your house. You don't go around every six months, replace, replace all it. the lights in well, the house. I've had it, this light bulb for a while. For I a think while. I think I'll just go and replace the light bulb. It is, hey, light bulb works, you but know. Conversely, uh, capacitors, if you've got a, a monitor with a bad, you can narrow it down to this particular capacitor. It's bad. I'm going to, for that, I'm still, I'm going to replace everything because, you know, the capacitors do have a finite life. You know, they they, they are due to be replaced. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference there, too, is that you're talking uh, cost for capacitors anywhere from 30, yeah, 30 cents to two bucks, right, for the more expensive ones. And but, the flybacks are going to be like yeah, and the 30-ish. Yeah. Yeah, your flybacks are much more. So by all means, let's and and once you pull that board out, just to replace these, I did. I just did one yesterday. I did two actually yesterday, and um, one of them had um, about twenty different capacitors in it. So it depends. And what makes the Sanyo Easy Twenty? It's a little no, more. We didn't really say. We really didn't go through that, <laughs> did we? We so yes, you need to do a cap kit. So generally what you can expect is somewhere around $125, $130. And we definitely think it's if, more. If you were to have somebody do if it somebody for you. If somebody do it for you. You can do it yourself um, if there's if you know how to solder. And, you know, it is a challenge. If you had never done one before, a lot of people learn how to do that cap kit. Um, it depends on, on what your skill level is with the solder gun. If you've never used a solder gun, don't learn on a cap kit. And And, you know, if you don't know how to do it, the arcade community is pretty good. Usually yeah. there's somebody that's willing to, you know, even if you have to pay somebody to come over and kind of show you what to do, then you've done it yourself. You've used your skills, your hands to do it, and you're going to be much more confident the next time you try to do it by yourself. Yeah, and I have no problem. Matter of fact, I've got a guy that's going to bring a machine over, uh, a monitor over for me to repair, I think, next week sometime. And when he does, he wants to sit and watch and mm-hmm. do it. And I have no problem doing that either. Now, some people will. Some people won't. I don't have any problem with it because I want other people to learn and see. And, and uh, But that easy 20 it, with the monitor, what's interesting about that monitor is not only the way it fits in there, but it's also got an audio board connected to it. Right. So you have to pull the audio board. And, of course, while you do that, go and replace the caps on it, too, mm-hmm. and that'll just make it all better, and it's all nice and happy. But it is a little more of a pain to pull apart than some of the other monitors. But, but right. yeah, cap kit, dude. Go get your cap kit. That'll make it work. Okay. The next one is from Tyler. Hey, thanks for all the helpful tips about arcades. I recently bought a Miss Pac-Man that had been converted to a 61 JAMA system. 
the ever-popular 60-in-1 board, right? Yep. The game turns on, but the monitor is only displaying a blue screen. The person I bought it from said that the game was playing, and over time the picture went away. Uh, so he bought it in that condition uh, with the blue screen. I bought The person I bought it from said, uh, I replaced the JAMA board, but the issue is still present. I do have an orange neck glow when the game is plugged in. So he has a 60-in-1 board, which is JAMA, JAMA harness, and an original CRT monitor. We know that not because he said it directly, but because he talks about the orange neck Neck glow. glow. So what's JAMA? What does that stand for? Yes. Japanese Arcade Manufacturing... Association something. <laughs> I think I'm pretty close. <laughs> I think you are too. I don't know. It is. It is a standard for the edge connector for a uh, PC board. It when and and Miss Pac-Man is not a JAMA connection. Right. Miss Pac-Man is its own. So if it's so you can change from a Pac-Man to a JAMA connection, but when you do, you're going to change all the wires out. You're going to change. It's going to be a different connector. You cannot just go back and plug another board back in. Uh, the Asteroids board is not a JAMA connection, right? Uh, Asteroids, no, but no, it's, no, uh, no. Yeah, JAMA. Yeah. Okay, Japan Amusement Machine and Marketing Association. I wasn't as close as I thought. <laughs> You're pretty close, though. So. But that that does stand for the standardized. So, so what happened is in the early seventies, late seventies and eighties, when they started coming out with games, everybody was doing their own mm-hmm. own connectors, own things. Beta, VHS, yeah, exactly. Blu-ray, then, HD, DVD. Then finally, somebody said, you know. If we had a standard, it would be so much easier to make <laughs> harnesses and things, and that's what they did. So they came up with the JAMA. So he he had a 16-in-1 board. It was only blue. Then he changed it out and put it, which is Still. a great way to test that's whether very, or not you monitor. Right, and so that's already good troubleshooting. Yes, absolutely. So now he's put another one in. Oh, the issue's still present. That means that it is not the JAMA board. Right. It is not your board. Now, one thing I do want to say about this these 60 and one boards do have two different outputs two different resolution outputs they have vga and cga cga is the same thing as standard res uh uh now you do need to select the correct one for if he has the crt it's going to be the uh cga resolution now it w- he wouldn't get the blue screen he would yeah, get he'd, he'd just get black that'd be wouldn't not, not so be. now we're talking so let's talk about the monitor um, if it's just a blue screen, there's a couple, couple – first, first thing I think of is, is the sync wire actually connected properly? Uh, the JAMA harness has a combined horizontal and vertical sync, and it if he – if the color information is getting to the monitor, the red, green, and blue, but the sync is not, you're just not going to get anything. And if, in theory, his blue drive was turned up a little high, he'd have a, you'd have a blue screen or whatever, you know, color as if nothing was, you know, connected to it at all. Yeah. It sounds like to me, honestly, what it sounds like to me is that his monitor was going out. Cap kit. If his mm. monitor was going out, so what he did was in order to he got back there in the back and started fiddling with everything. Fiddling, turning turning things and and when he quit, he had turned the blue drive all the way up mm-hmm. and the blue cut off all the way down. So that's why you're nothing nothing but blue and when you swap it out that's what you're seeing. It's 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 now now he is changing Tyler is changing the game board out, but 
something I kind of skipped over, there's a possibility that the connector going to the monitor, That's the six-band connector, may not even be connected. It that may have come true. loose at some point. Or even just a bad solder joint. I, you know, you're going to yep. have to take that. You're going to have to get into that monitor and, you know, check the check the solder joints, play you know, play around with that. I, I really think that the blue drive is just turned up yeah. and he's just got and once again, if your sync is not going to it, you're you're not going to get any kind of data on the screen if there's no sync. Yeah. 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 So yeah, a couple of things exactly. to check there. Make sure that connector on the monitor, the monitor is only going to have um two connections to it uh to work. He's, you're going to have power and you're going to have your signal coming into it. You may have another connector that leads out to a remote uh, adjustment board, but not on an if it's an original monitor from a Pac-Man. No, no, it's, it's, it's not going to have it's probably that. a Geo Seven in here. Yeah, Geo Seven or Forty Six. Anyway, yeah. uh, okay. So those are some things to uh, to check. And, you know, like I said, it's good. You've already narrowed it down. We know it's not the game board. It could be the it could be some bad wiring in that harness though, the JAMA harness going up to the uh, to the monitor. Oh, can I do the next one? Okay. Cool, because it's like two sentences. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Reggie says, I purchased a uh, Street Fighter II Champion Edition. When I first got it, it played fine, but without any sound. Next time I went to play it, it just had a blue screen, and I have no clue where to start. Blue screen? Blue screen. That sounds Blue familiar, screen? Man, I, it's deja vu all over deja again. Vu. So, and I just, I just had a Street Fighter. Matter of fact, I still have it in my shop. I worked on it recently and still working on it now i'm going to fix it matter of fact so here's and we're going back to what tyler said too it really fits in well because street fighter was having trouble with all these graphic issues and goofiness on the screen and things and and i thought it was the we're talking about your street fighter now. yeah we talked okay. street fighter i thought it was a street fighter so i messed with it and, and pulled it out and reset all the chips and put it back put it back together again put it plugged it back in and looked at the the voltage and same thing. So I thought, well, and it didn't look like it was a cap kit, didn't look like it was a monitor issue. So I went and bought a 60 and a 750 in one Ooh, game box. That's a lot of that's games. That's a lot of games. 751, yeah. 750 game box and it's JAMA as is Street Fighter 2 is a jam. Right. So what made that nice and this was this was uh Callan suggested mm-hmm. if you have an issue with a Street Fighter game or something that's, that's jamma swap in with a different jamma board just grab a board right. jamma board throw it in there and see what Easy happens. Easy troubleshooting. Easy troubleshooting. And then we found it and sure enough the monitor did the same thing. So oop doesn't need the 750 Cut your one, problem right in half. But it just did. Just told me now it's a monitor. So, you know those three capacitors I needed to get from you today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's for that Street Fighter. So <laughs> so, uh, so on this, uh, when you first got it, it played fine but with no sound. That's kind of indicative that we've already got some issues going on somewhere. The next time you play it, it just had a blue screen. Here's my thought. The first thing I would go to is the power supply. Because mm-hmm. if you didn't have sound, it could be that the five volt was there, but the twelve volt right. wasn't there. And just like Mister Ken Graham says, his acronym that I really like ASAP. ASAP. Always start at power. power. Yep, check your power first. Look at put your and you and you want to really check it in two places. You want to check it at the power supply itself, mm-hmm. but you also want to check it on the board itself because right. it's it's going to lose some voltage getting from the power supply through the wires through that dirty connector resistance into the board. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And there are usually test points on the game board, uh, it labeled test points, you know, for ground and five volts yeah. and such. But I personally, I'll go to some of the logic chips and 
test it right there on the chips. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the end of where that path goes, yeah. and it's a good indication. And so, you need about 4.8 and higher, between yeah. 4.8 and 5.2. Anything less than that, you're going to start having issues. Yeah. Start there. Right. So start there. Exactly. Start at power. As far as the uh, sound goes, there's, you know, it could be anything from a bad speaker you know take bust out your multimeter check the put it on resistance you should have oh usually they're eight ohm speakers uh volume well control. he went sound and now it's not playing with just a blue yeah. screen to me it sounded like the board to, yeah the you out. could have yeah that's um i'm, I'm just, we're going to tell you several things to yeah. check rusty already mentioned the power supply make sure that's you getting all your voltages Check your speaker. Put your use your meter. Check the resistance of the speaker. You're going to have a vo- on that one. Street Fighter. I don't remember if the volume control is part of the game board or if they have it in line to the speaker. Sometimes you have a volume control. I think it's both. I think you have an option. For yeah. Both. Anyway, so that's some some things to uh, to check with it. Uh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's. I think we've said all we can say about that one. Let's go on to uh, to Pete. That's a long one, so I'll read it. Okay? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Pete, hello. Maybe you can answer this question for me since I haven't found anything regarding this issue online. I have a Kung Fu Master. I think I have that set of kitchen knives. Do that? Oh, no, that's a game. That's a game. Okay, yeah. that's a game. Sorry. Uh, and one day the image went completely scrambled. No gameplay, no audio. I opened the back and found a dangling ground wire touching the middle of the PC uh, board. I also checked the voltage at the edge connector, and everything seemed fine. Could I have shorted out the board? I would hate to have the same thing happen if I put a new board, if he got gets a new board on eBay and plugs it in. Okay. Well, he said he bought a new board. Well, did he? Could yeah, I have says sh- I just I bought hate. off of eBay. He, he sure did. Sort. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. Well, the first thing I would say, Pete, if you don't want it to happen, it says, hey, you found this dangling ground wire. I'd say put the ground wire back <laughs> where it was and 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 make sure that it's tied up before you do it. And, and that's kind of like when we go to move a board, move a game. Anytime you move a game and you set it back down, open that back again and see what shook loose. Is there something loose? Is there a wire falling loose? Is there something? And could a ground wire dangling and touching? It's maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it's 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 tough to say. Yeah. This is pure speculation at this point. Uh, but you're you're on the right track of if you take the old board out and check all your voltages. Make sure not on, okay. Not only check the voltages where they should be, but Test, you know, may, since you have a bad board now and you're concerned that, you know, this ground wire may have checked to make sure there's that there's not voltages where they shouldn't be. <laughs> that's that's rather unlikely. But, you know, make sure, you know, go through, check your edge connector before you plug the new one in. I think you're already on the right track here. You're, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're going to you're going to be fine if the voltage is what it should be, where it should be. You're going to be fine. Yeah, definitely check your yeah. Get your get your meter. If it's a JAMA, all the JAMAs are the same. No, that one's that one it's, is. Uh, oh, it's, you know here we're, it's okay. not a kung fu. You're it's, right. It's a. Um, I'm probably going to okay. So let me ask you this: How do you how do you pronounce T A I T O? Do you call it Tato? I call it Tato. Some people call it Taito. I've heard Taito before. Okay, Tater so, don't work. <laughs> now this this game is not one of those. This is it, I brought that up for a reason though. This one is I R E M. 
I so Irem. Irem. That's Irem. <laughs> That's the same company. They make um, Moon Patrol. You know, oh. will, like uh, Moon Patrol was a Williams game, but it was made by Irem. Uh, let's let's go with that pronunciation. Okay. How about that? Sounds good. So it is a unique uh, connector on it, but and it's actually the same one. They all all the Irem games. Man, I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> use the same edge connector. So uh, if you know. I, if you have it a moon moon patrol board, you can plug that in and it would play the same. It's the same power, same control uh, settings, uh, input settings. So, but no, I think I think you've got it covered. Uh, if you've checked your uh, if you've checked your edge connector and the voltages are correct, right. yeah, yeah. Before you plug your new board in, check those check the power, and then then go with the power and see what happens. All right. Well, this next one's a short one, so. There you go. I recently got an old Neo Geo NVS arcade machine, and it's got two games, Bubble Bobble and Metal Slug 3. Metal Slug. (laughs) I've got it for the Metal Slug, but I have no clue how to change the games, so I can only play Bubble Bobble right now. Any question would be appreciated. Any help would be appreciated. I like Bubble Bobble. Yeah, that's actually a uh, pretty good. You know, I was going to try to do this much faster than what I did, but I'm I'm pretty slow. I was going to uh, cue up the uh, Neo Geo song. Uh, oh. Have you ever seen this? No. Uh-uh. Oh man, it's oh the intro's about a minute and a half long. <laughs> okay, that that would would have been much smoother if I had that planned out ahead of time. Yeah. So ch- a two board. So a so, so this is a, the Neo Geo MVS system. So it's they and they have two slot, four slot. I think they have even slot. Well, the yeah, he's not talking about the, the yeah. single, single slot, slot would yeah. not be applicable for this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have okay, so when you go up to uh, you've got you guys have well, a Neo a Geo, slot, yeah. you have a four slot, but you've got a game select switch on the. T- so what he's asking is, all right, I've got my two cartridges plugged in there. How do I switch from one to the other? So he. You know, maybe he has a different cabinet or or what have you. I had to, I had to. I've had a two slot before, and I'm, I guess I knew this at one time, but I had to look this up myself. Neo Geo's are JAMA connectors, but they use a connector at the bottom of it that is normally unused for the select up and select down buttons. So if you're looking at a JAMA connector on the part side, the connectors go from. 1 to 28, where 27 and 28 are both ground wires. 26 is normally unused. That is your select down button. On the solder side, uh, when you get to lowercase d as in delta, that is the select up button. Both of these are third from the bottom, where the next two are going to be the ground wires. So both of those are just normal uh, switch inputs, meaning that when you ground them, that that is selected. So when you uh, ground pin twenty six, that's select. When I say down and up, you we're only talking about a two cart system. So it's just either one's going to perform the same function. But if you had a you know four slot, you know it makes it go one way. Select up makes it go the other way. So that's a pretty simple solution. What may be difficult is if you have a JAMA harness. If you're putting this into a cabinet that is not a Neo Geo cabinet and you're building this yourself. Um, you may not have a wire in that spot. And they make a little tool where you can <laughs> pop those out of those uh, connectors, little tiny little um, 
almost like a little flat tip screwdriver thing, but really thin. But uh, just just get the harness that already has fully yeah. populated all the wires. Yeah, you know it says here he has an old game and it's got two games. So Jordan, before you you dive in there, you need to look and see there might be inside the coin door. There might be that switch and that button you're looking for. Somebody, because on our game at the the four slot that we have and most of the Neo Geos I see, there is a select button, games one and two, where you can go through and select the buttons. Also, some of them, um, I want to say ours does that too, is that you can sit and wait for it. It changes games. It shows you game one, and then it shows you game two. So when you hit... Player one start, it starts the game that you, that see, on you see on screen. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, so it may be set up that way. So um, it may be set up that way. It may be that you've got a button hidden somewhere because obviously he's saying that if there was a button for that would say game select, he would have a clue. Right now he says he has no clue how to mm. change games. So right. obviously there must not be a button. But it may not be visible. It may be inside. And it may be, as Eric said, it may not be present at all. It may be that somebody put a jam of harness on there, figured, well, hey, there it is. It comes up at work. So many times we've seen that. Somebody will, will sell a game, just, hey, they slap it together. Ooh, it comes up at work, and they haven't really fully tested it. And they sure it all comes up in boots, but your flippers don't work or that this eject whatever doesn't work. Or in this case, maybe the button doesn't work. So. Start there with the connector. See what's on there. See if also look around. See if there's not a button somewhere is hiding from you. Okay, let's move on to the next one. This next one is from Anthony. I'm having an issue on a Namco Miss Pac-Man Galaga combo unit. This is the once again we're talking about the 25th anniversary, made in the 90s uh, game system. Uh, the monitor is showing larger images on one side than the other. For example, the Pac-Man maze looks normal on the left side, but gets larger on the right side. The images get larger on the right-hand side. Also from the left, well, it basically just goes on to kind of say the same thing. It's normal on one side and gradually increases on the other side. Uh, what do you think this would be? Do I need to get the uh, sound bite out there? Because we... I think we say this so much, this should... <laughs> <laughs> Let's put a cap kit in it. <laughs> but yes, yeah. that is, uh, yeah. once again, that's that's going to be a cap. Okay, so that game, it is a JAMA game, but it is also, even though it's a newer game from the 90s, it is still a CGA resolution monitor. It's a 25-inch, whereas the original... Pac-Man or Galaga would have come with a 19-inch monitor. It's the same resolution. The reason why I'm bringing this up is if you don't feel comfortable doing a cap kit on the monitor, you can just get another CGA monitor to put in it. It's not going to be the game board. Uh, it's that this is going to be a monitor problem. Uh, but you know, either way, tackle tackle it with uh, doing the cap kit or just replace. You know, 25-inch CGA monitors. It's it's not going to be as easy to find as a 19 inch, but they're still they're out there. Well, what's interesting is that you know they made two versions of that. They made a home version too, right? Oh, I have I've seen that. Yeah, no I've got one. Door. You have one. I've got one. I picked it up at, uh, not too long ago. Picked up a 19 inch. A gentleman brought it in. It had water damage from Harvey, mm-hmm. and someone tried to repair it and did a terrible job. horrible job of the woodwork trying to repair it but at least he saved it but there were several issues with the monitor and other issues with it and we managed to restore it and get it back but it does have a 19 inch monitor in it and so you can find both of those monitors on the thing the um on those they sold one the full size with the 25 inch monitor 
at the arcade auction in uh, Tulsa, and guess how much that baby sold for? Well, I know street price. I don't know the answer to this, but you know, street price on those, you'll see people asking fourteen hundred. But the you know, usually the transaction price on those is usually around a thousand, eleven hundred or so. So tell me, Rusty, how much did that one go for at auction? Twenty seven hundred dollars. What? Twenty seven hundred bucks. I you know I. I had to have heard you wrong. There, I, I, I get confused sometimes. Sometimes my hearing's not real good. $2,700. Two people really, really wanted that. This machine. was the gold edition, and I mean that in a literal sense. This was made of gold, right? It's, uh, you know, people, but you know what? I tell you what. If the plane, the game. Oh, looked, I want to hear the justification the gra- of this. The game looked great. It looked like a brand new game. It is. And there was a lady recently here in Houston that actually won one of these games brand new through main event, mm-hmm. the arcade main event, they, the game place. They gave one away. Well, as soon as that thing hit their door in the crate, she was calling around trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. And look it up on the internet, brand new, 2400 bucks. So it's twenty four hundred brand, brand new, in, new, brand new in the box. So they were a little high, but you know, you take out delivery, you take out sales tax. But then they say let's mm. pay sales tax. But still, mm. yeah, we all looked around and went, "Holy cow!" Somebody, it, okay. So you went over to those people and said, "Hey, I've got some games that you <laughs> have. I got some games for you. Obviously, have <laughs> you've got money. a lot of money <laughs> and have done no. Yeah. All right, we. I guess we yeah. shouldn't be the price police. I yeah. guess we should yeah. say." Good for the auction. Good company. for the auction here and the family that got it. And they were selling this for a family. Is the the gentleman had deceased, and they were you know it was an estate sale for him. So I'm glad they got. So yeah, good for that. Yeah, I'm good for that. I'm happy that you know. I hope whenever I pass on that that my kids can Ooh. take something all their stuff and and get good money for it. And so, but uh, well, I believe we have one more question. One more. So and it's a. Short one, short question, so you get to read it. Oh, I have an original Miss Pac-Man. The monitor has big green lines covering the black background. Any yellow objects are now orange, and orange objects are red on the monitor. I've tried every potentiometer, and nothing fixes the line. Any way to fix this? Okay. This is a this is a question where it would be nice to see a picture yeah. of the screen, because we're going to kind of... Uh, he did a pretty good job of describing yeah. it, so I think uh, you know we can we can do something with this. We may be talking about two separate issues here: uh, the big green lines covering the black background. That's almost a tongue twister, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it that is. could be that 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 might be a uh, problem with the game board itself, and not a monitor problem. And there is a good website some some good information on a website that i want to refer uh for this question if you go to mikesarcade.com i mean instead of me giving you the whole url and spelling everything out i'm just going to tell you uh, how to get to it from at, when you get to the website so go to mikesarcade.com on the left hand side there is a pacman information then Next screen, Pac-Man Fixes. And lastly, Greg King's Pac-Man Troubleshooting page. All right, I know that's a little bit of clicking to get to this, but this is a really good resource of showing. I think he had, like, I think it said 104 pictures of, if your Pac-Man looks like, and sorry, I know we're talking about, the question was about Miss Pac-Man, but Miss Pac-Man 
and Pac-Man are using the same game board. They may have a di- slightly different color palette. Uh, prom, we'll, that's this isn't really the time to talk about that. They may use slightly different colors, uh, but it's the same game board. So the troubleshooting process is going to be the same. Well, he has a picture of all kinds of scenarios and which chip might be wrong, might be bad, or what might be wrong, you know, where, where to go, where to look, what area to look to find the solution. And, uh, man, he's, he has it all on there. That's, uh, so I would suggest if you – I would suggest that Josh goes there or anybody that has a Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man uh, screen problem. Yeah, and this game one, board this game board problem. So this one definitely, I, I lean toward the game board on this one than over the monitor. Yeah. Now uh, the other, I do want to say this: the uh, yellows are orange and oranges are red. That if you know, I would first. That kind of sounds like a monitor, even though uh, Josh has adjusted everything. That doesn't mean it doesn't have a bad potentiometer on the uh, neck board for like the red drive. If the red drive is is or bias is turned up too much it could cause that so we may be looking at two completely separate issues now when josh when you say you've adjusted all the um, potentiometers if they were on the actual monitor chassis there are more potentiometers up on the neck board itself so uh, make sure you get to get to those as well and one thing to remember if you have a particular potentiometer and you're turning it and you're adjusting it but you're not seeing changes in the screen. That's very indicative of that potentiometer being, being bad. bad. Yeah. Right. So that that's a good. If you think one's bad, adjust it. Go all the way one way. Well, go all, all the way the other way. You're see not going to damage happens. anything. Yeah, it's not going to hurt anything. You may knock it out of whack as far as calibration, but you're not going to hurt anything. But you're not going to hurt anything. And if you see that it doesn't change, bingo. Then bingo. You know that's your problem. There's your problem. And it could be either be the potentiometer itself, or it could be a bad solder joint on that mm-hmm. broken leg on the broken leg on the potentiometer that'll yeah. do that as well. There is another page. Have you heard? Of, have you seen the lawnmower man? Yeah, that's page? A, that's a, another one. Yeah. That's a pretty good one as well. He doesn't have – he's got the, kind of the same thing. He has a lot of the pictures of if yours looks like this, then do this. Yeah. But Well, one of the things I like about the Lawnmower Man's page is he's got uh, pages where it tells the history of Pac-Man. It tells about the different types of Pac-Man games. It tells – he's got a whole bunch of different um, connection issues. Talks about you know all the different the the different types of Pac Man the speed up chips the different speeds bootlegs yeah the bootleg versions he really did a great job the lawnmower man's got a great peg and, and I just recently had one of uh, the client brought in and it was a Pac Man and it had a zoom button on it right yeah and and, and I've seen those buttons be all look like I've seen like poker machine buttons yeah um, just regular I've seen a lot of different style buttons and it say you know zoom or or speed, or <laughs> yeah, 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 and this 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 one actually says zoom on it. And we got the board. We needed. I sent the board off to get it reflect. And I was trying to figure out how to fix it. We wanted to fix the board, but we wanted the zoom to still work. And mm-hmm. I wasn't. And it has this custom chip that's glued over, and you can't tell what it is. You can't take it apart. Matter of fact, it's in what looks like a hockey puck uh-huh. stuck on the board itself. And uh, so I put it out there on the uh, one of the web pages saying, hey, anybody do it? And a gentleman contacted me, and he actually worked for a company back in the day that actually did that. that they made would, it. they buy a bunch of Pac-Mans or Miss Pac-Mans. They would then put their speed-up chip on it, put the Zoom chip board uh, button on the front board, and then resell it as a Zoom 
Pac-Man. And they had the license and they had the ability to go and do that. So so he said, yeah, I fix those all the time. So great. So we fixed it. And I said, I want to zoom in it because they're rare. They're, you just don't find them. And it plays like a regular Miss Pac-Man. But when you hit that zoom button, it's about three times faster everything's faster it simply speeds up the clock Mm -hmm. on the processor and it does get rid of the daughter board so the daughter boards on the miss pac-man is gone on the speed up one and it's all inside that one and it's a lot faster and the ghosts are faster the pac-man's faster and the music (laughs) it's really quick so yeah that that's a neat game though but uh the lawnmower man's got a great page go go to his page too he does a good job on it right excellent well i think we have made our way through all these questions for better or worse. <laughs> yeah. So if you, so you're going to Texas pinball festival. Absolutely. I'm going to Texas pinball festival. We ought to do a podcast or something from there and maybe. Yeah. So if you're at the Texas pinball festival, come by my booth. You don't have a booth. I don't, I don't, you don't have, I'm, I'm you a just nobody. Drop one machine. <laughs> um, if you walk through the Texas pinball festival and you and you, Are you see taking a, the DeLorean? Uh, if you see a DeLorean, oh, sorry, that's, <laughs> I, took, I stole your thunder. <laughs> that's all right. If you walk through the thing, you see a DeLorean. I'm standing there next to it. Come talk to me. Come say hi. Love to know that you're listening to uh, the podcast. And um, you know, if, if Eric's around, I'll let you get his autograph. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so all right. I, so and, to wrap up, you know, one thing I'm going to say it again. Email. Yep. podcast at arcade repair com for with any questions that you have yep. and anything else you pinball like? questions are good too we like pinball machines we love the questions if you have an interesting um antidote something that that's happened recently with the machine or something that's odd that you've discovered yeah we talked about hear- moving yeah. games yeah, I I like hearing the bad stories as much as the I like hearing the bad stories more than the good yeah. stories. You and know, if there's that? something you want to hear about, or suggestions, yeah, uh, suggestions are something that you would like to hear us discuss. One of the things that we wanted to discuss, we didn't have time to this time that we will discuss probably will discuss next time is setting up your game room. What, oh yeah, we're electrical talk about and that, your right. analysis. You know, we just had. If you notice, I don't know if you knew it at um, at the big. The last Saturday night, we had problems with our jukebox. Had a huge hum in the jukebox. Yeah. Through our jukebox and things. And um, it was because the electrical plug got swapped out on because our electrical plug on the wall plug itself burned up. So they had to change it out. For whatever reason, it, it went bad. But when they changed it out, they didn't connect up the little green the ground, ground wire. wire. So then the hum was gone. So what we did, we ended up taking a, a wire connecting with uh, alligator clips, clipped it to the computer that oh. was running, and run that wire around over and clicked it to oh. our – and it's still like that, that and t- it's still working. Oh. <laughs> but they didn't have the ground, oh. so you have to – so there's some things I do would like to discuss with you. I uh, We – there's a lot of wiring concerns that we had with the game, especially when we have as many games as we have. But if you've got more than four or five games, we need to talk about and you need to hear and make sure that your your circuits and things are the right proper right. circuits and the right things because you can quickly overload. And, folks, one of the things we hear that I hear is that people will have a 15-amp circuit. They put their games in there, and then it throws the breaker. And the first suggestion people have is, well, take the 15-amp breaker mm, out and put, put a 20-amp in it. That's just yeah, a bad idea, uh, folks. It's a bad, bad idea. 12-gauge wire versus 14. Yeah, well, once again, another, that's a time for another yeah, discussion. Yeah, that's another discussion. So we'll talk about that next time.
Okay, so stick around for the talk to Mr. Ed Vanderveen, and hopefully we'll see some of you guys up at the Texas Pinball Festival. Looking forward to it. Hey guys, today we are talking with Ed Vanderveen, the man behind the Texas Pinball Festival. Well, when I say the man behind it, I, I mean along with his wife and all the other others that help make the show possible. Hey Ed, how are you doing today? Eric, how are you? I'm doing Thanks great. How about, on. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're going to talk over each other. Yeah, right? we're going to do that. We're going to just make this a horrible mess. But I, you know what? I think it's all good. <laughs> no, well, thank you for uh, being on the show with us. Um, you know, things are you know starting to the level of excitement with the show coming up in just over a month. You know, people are, you know, if you go on Pinside, you see all the excitement of the people coming from near and far to the show. So it's... It's the excitement is in the air, so uh, that's and we are starting to feel the pressure. I can't believe it's just over a month away. I have so much to do, and I'm just not. Uh, it's just going to be here before uh, before we know it, and I'm not ready for any of it. <laughs> yeah, it's excitement on our end. It's horrible on your end, right? I mean, do you even get to enjoy the show when you're at the show? Do you enjoy any of it? I I enjoy the show. I enjoy talking with people and. You know, saying hello and, and the few little breaks that I get here and there when people walk by and, and chit chat. I don't, I don't play any pinball or any games. Uh, none of us do. We're just so busy. I'm just trying to make everybody happy. Make sure the vendors and the exhibitors and everybody has power cables. And so, no, I don't. I don't play any pinball, but I do enjoy the show. I enjoy the big smoke. I enjoy you know the socializing when I can. Right. So. You know, it is what it is. You know, it seems that every time I see you at the show, you're you're putting out fires. And, you know, it's just part of, of putting on a show like that. But yeah, sometimes I feel like telling you, I just take a, take a breath. It's it's going to be okay. <laughs> it does. And plenty of people do that, and I do appreciate it. And, and I have lots of friends that will stop by and, uh, you know, hand me a beverage or, <laughs> or just pat me on the back and say, hey, and that's great. And that just, you know, that, that makes it all worth it. So... Uh, I, you know, there's not a lot of, you say putting out fires and, you know, they're small fires and thank goodness everybody is, is great. And, you know, we really don't get any super upset people there at the show, but, uh, I do run around trying to, to keep things rolling. Accommodate all everybody. And, and, I you do. know, first of all, thank you for putting on the show. It's everybody has so much fun and, and, you know, we owe you a huge amount of gratitude for doing what you do. It's, well, thank you. It's not just me. It's, you know, like you said, you mentioned Kim and Paul McKinney. And uh, the the guys that run the tournament and all of our volunteers and it's a very multifaceted a, show, isn't it? It's an army. It really is. We have an army of volunteers, and it, there's just no way you can you could do it without them. So uh, it's really them. So if you see someone standing at a door checking wristbands, say thank you, and you know I would appreciate it. So this is what number is this? When did the show start? Oh my goodness! See now you're gonna start asking me things that I don't have. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any reference material for me because this, I wasn't part of the show when it first started. That was so long ago. I want to say, oh gosh, two thousand ninety nine, two thousand something like that. Um, I know a little no, bit of no, that. No, no, it can't. It can't. It couldn't have been that long ago. Two thousand one. I don't know. It was way back there. I started. I started around uh, two thousand three, two thousand four is when I. Well, that's that's when I came a long time. Ago. That's early on. So. Uh, now, when you started, uh, I know the show changed from sp- uh, from fall to spring at some point. Uh, was that? It did. That was around two thousand four. I think was our last. Um, 
was our last fall uh, Texas Pinball Festival because we did the costume contest or the toga party and it was white now well, hold on <laughs> i can't yes. let you skip over that i know nothing of what you're talking about no, what's what's that all day, about well when the show was when the show first started and it was it was just a, a group of collectors i mean it didn't grow into the you know it wasn't the the monster show that it is now so um it was very much uh just a bunch of collectors and they did goofy things. They had a, they had a toga party one, one of the nights and you know, you could dress up in your, in your toga and come down and play pinball. And that was just one of the goofy things that they did uh, during the weekend. And we can bring this back, right? Man, I'd love to, I'd love to do <laughs> lots of different things, but it's just, it's just such a different dynamic now. I, I don't know how we can incorporate it, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we we've talked about cosplay and and that kind of thing. It's just, I mean, how far do you want to take it? I mean, right. I, can, I can grow the show to, <laughs> into whatever. I mean, we can introduce, you know, we're, uh, the cosplay, and you know, I'm already kind of introducing a con feel with it with the special guests right. and stuff. But 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 you know, how far do we want to go with that? I mean, I, I want to keep it, you know, primarily a pinball and classic arcade show. But you know, there's only so far I can I can take it to you know with that, and then to make it the show bigger and get more people, I have to add more things. Right, of course. Pretty soon we'll have bouncy houses and you know dunk tanks and clowns, <laughs> and so right now. Uh, but yeah, the toga party we've talked about it here and there. We've just you know never really got it together. Now see, someone's going to listen to this and, and come walking in They're on Saturday come, night with a toga. You on. know, this doesn't have to be an official. TPF event. It, it it might just happen on its own. It might happen this year. Well, I'll let you. I, you know what? I better just go on to no, something I'm, else. You know, as long as it's not illegal or it doesn't, you know, cause us cause the hotel to throw us out. I don't go by all means. Bring wear your toga to the. I'm being very careful not to say wear your sheet. So just wear your put your toga on and, and come on in. So back when you were first going to it you know let's say 2004 2005 how big was the show how how many pinball machines do you think were there probably 80 100 maybe that seems tiny um, now doesn't it? it it does seem and well that's including the the classic arcade games and that was when i started the show was still in irving at the uh, at holiday inn and it was it was it was small compared to i mean it was smaller than the houston show even i mean it was it was small and uh, it has just grown a little bit. We keep outgrowing the venues, and we went to Grapevine from there, from the 15,000 square feet. And then we took that giant leap to, I think we went to the Anatole. Yeah, it was one, one single year, right? It was one single year. I mean, there was a lot of, because, I mean, we were, it was a new venue. Uh, some of our, the original organizers had dropped off, and we had introduced some new ones. And uh, the Anatole, uh just wasn't a it just wasn't a good fit for us. I mean, it was so far for those of you that remember. I mean, right. the, the 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 room itself was okay, but to go to the seminar, long walk yet, down you, that hallway. Oh my goodness, it was forever. It seemed like, and you do that, you know, for me, if I I do that fifty times, and you'd think I'd be a lot skinnier than I am now. But <laughs> and the parking, the parking and there the parking was, was parking not was real good. Yeah, the parking was a mess. There was no no food around the hotel. There was nowhere to, for people to go. So they were kind of unless you had a car, you were kind of stuck. So that ju- it just didn't wasn't a good fit for us. So the so the year after that, I think in 2014, we uh, moved to the Frisco uh, to the Embassy Suites, which is still a Hilton property. So there was no uh, it wasn't like we had any any uh, bad blood with Hilton or anything. We just moved to a, a different Hilton property, 
and it's worked out great since we've – I mean, it's the perfect venue for us. And the new place is great. I mean, it's – I can't say enough good things about it. There's – not only is the hotel itself nice, but there's there are a lot of other hotel properties close by because – you know, you have to have it now, don't you? So when you announce the date for next year, well, let's go back to 2017. So you announced the date for 2018. How quickly did the hotel sell out? Within, well, our block sold out within, well, and our block is pretty much the whole hotel uh, with months. Within, I mean, before the hotel, the embassy was sold out before we even opened up pre-registration in October. So uh, it sells out fast, but you're right. Fortunately, there are many uh, overflow hotels. The Hyatt House is one that I talk about. It's right across the street. We joke that it's actually a shorter walk into the show from the Hyatt House than it is to walk down from the embassy uh, lobby. Uh, Hilton Gardens, you know, there's there's plenty of hotels all around the area. Come this year, get book your hotel as soon as Ed announces the dates. <laughs> yeah. Jump on it. There, no excuses because you know if you go on, like say you go on Penn side, you'll see so many people. Is anybody not using a hotel? I need a I need a place to stay, <laughs> which is oh, good. So you know, that's good. It is. That, and you'd be surprised the number of emails and phone calls I get from people that go, "Hey, uh, I'm trying to get." I mean, like today or yesterday, they say, "Hey, I'm trying to get a room at the embassy," and they're they're sold out. Is what's going on? And well, it sold out quite some time ago. So I'm, I'm sorry. Grab a room across the street. But you're right. Ultimately, though, don't don't not come to the show. I mean, there is a lot of hotel space in that area that you don't. Even, it's within walking distance. You don't even need a car. You just walk outside and walk down the sidewalk, and you're in the show. You know, if I were a newspaper reporter, I would be fired because what I have not done is asked you when and where. So, when is the? Uh, uh, well, we kind of touched on where, but we, uh, give us the specifics of when and when and where. Yes, we do need to discuss that. Of course, in my brain, I think, well, who doesn't know when the Texas (laughs) Pinball Festival is? Uh, The Texas Pinball Festival, the 2018 Texas Pinball Festival, is March 16th, 17th, and 18th in Frisco, Texas. So that's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What what time do the doors open on Friday? If you're in the tournaments, the show – well, the show (laughs) opens to the public at 5 p.m. on Friday, and it runs till 1 a.m., and on Saturday, it reopens at 10 a.m. and runs till midnight. And then from midnight until 2, if you're an exhibitor or a vendor, you can uh, hang out for an extra two hours for the uh, exclusive exhibitor vendor after party. And uh, that just means that you get exclusive time on the, on the machines without the crowds, hopefully, if we can get everybody to leave. And uh, then Sunday morning, it reopens at 9.30 a.m. and runs to 2.30 p.m. At the, with the conclusion of our Best in Show Awards and uh, raffle. Uh, raffle giveaway. of what? Guardians of the Galaxy. A We're going to give away a gar- new... brand spanking new Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, I've seen some of the pictures of the uh, shows from before I ever started going to it where, you know, there would be a raffle for a a pinball machine, but it would be, you know, something a little bit older used. And, and now it's, man, a brand new pinball machine. We've done that for the last few years. So, yes, we're the brand new Stern Guardians of the Galaxy pinball machine. You can win it. I believe tickets are going to be $5 each or 5 for $20. And... You must be present to win. A lot of people ask us about that, and I only require that because I don't want to deal with shipping it or holding right, it course. or take, taking it home with me or anything, you know, waiting for someone to have to come back up there and get it, you know, that kind of thing. So I, we do require that you be present on Sunday to win. 
just so you can take it with you right then and there. And I don't ever get accused of it being rigged, fixed, <laughs> anything like that. Everybody can see the winner, shake their hand, you know, see it's a, a real deal. And uh, so, yeah. Okay. And of course, like any other, if if you haven't been to one of these types of expos, the you you will pay an entry fee to get in. But once you're in, all the games are set on free play. There's there's no no quarter games there. That is that is correct. All the games are uh, all the games that can be played will be set on free play. Um, since the show has grown so large, there will be a couple of vendors that have, you know they pay for their booth space, and they will have a they may have a game or two that they're just using as a prop to display whatever mod or super cool thing that they're trying to sell at the show. But absolutely, all the games that are exhibitor games that people have brought uh, in exchange for a weekend pass, those are all going to be on free play, and uh, you don't need any quarters. Leave your quarters at home. Right, and let, so it's it's up to about what about four hundred games between pinball and and video games that's about right that's what we've been pushing the last couple of years is about 400 games it's been about 350 pins 50 classic arcade games uh, i don't have a computer in front of me to, to look but we've been man we've had a huge uh uh number of people have signed up just in the last few days as the show gets closer is really when you're going to see everyone signing up their games a lot of people don't know i try to get people to sign up early but I understand a lot of people don't they either don't know what they're going to bring. They don't know if they're going to finish that restoration. Or <laughs> well, I'm one of those people. On you're gonna, a game, you can you can you, you can verbally that. thrash me now because I'm one of those people. I will be bringing a, a game or two, but I haven't decided what. So I may <laughs> I'm one of those and slackers. And that's not a problem. And that's not a problem. And I even tell people, you know, put put your best foot forward. Uh, if you think you know, sign it up. And if it changes, we it's. It's not a big deal. Well, we can change it if you show up at the back door. You know, you signed up one game and you show up with something different because, whatever reason, it you know it, it you didn't finish the the shop out or it, it it took dive or something like that. And that's that's fine too. They will fix it right there at the back door. So, how about the theme this year? So, uh, the new theme is Cosmic Chaos, right? It is Cosmic Chaos. That is a brand new, uh, unlicensed. Well, it's now licensed by the Texas Pinball Festival. Uh, maybe probably the coolest pinball machine that might never get made. Maybe it will. <laughs> we really don't know. You know, we've, it was really just a, a, a concept just an idea. Yeah, it was a concept. I mean, I, I wanted to do something different. I was, I was actually in Chicago, um, visiting my father and Kim and I were at, uh, Mark Ritchie's house. And who's, who's Steve Ritchie's brother, right? Yeah, he loves being referred to as that. <laughs> <laughs> Riding the coattails yes, of okay, no, no, he's brother, he's but, he's uh, yes, a designer uh, on his. Yeah, he has plenty of games he's designed. Yes, he is a designer in his own right. He's you know Indiana Jones and Sorcerer and several others. Um, but we're at Mark's house, and I kind of uh, was asking him because he works for a play. Uh, I'm gonna mess this up. Play Matrix. Play Playmatics. Play. I forget the name of the company. But I asked him if he's ever going to get back into, into pinball, and he said, sure. And I said, uh, well, do you have any designs? He said, yeah, I have a couple ideas, and I have, I have a couple of concepts. And I said, well, let's, let's do one. So he said, sure. So he you know, pulls out some paper and starts kind of – he's just kind of doodling on the paper. And, and we're talking about concepts, and he came up with the idea of cosmic chaos, and that was, that was his, his kind of idea. And, and we talked about it, and he said it would be a cool game where 
you know, there, you got a couple of space people and they're out collecting. And the object of the game was to collect, you know, you're trying to collect space junk and uh, clean up all the space debris. And the, the interesting thing was he said, you know, I really think it would be cool if we made it like a 50s retro sci-fi type game. So I like that idea. And Kim liked that idea. So we reached out to uh, Blake, uh, uh, Blake Dumas Mill, Dumas Nil. Yeah, that last name's hard to get. <laughs> it, t- it, took, it took me a while to get it, but I, um, I think I've got it. So for those that don't know Blake, Blake did the art for Spooky Pinball's Domino's Pizza, and he works uh, at NASA. And he's an avid pinball collector, and he is an incredible artist. So we pitched the idea to Blake, and Blake threw some, you know, some concept art together, and and we just kind of went from there. And well, now we, here we are. So we've got this this cool idea, and the artwork's incredible. I don't know if you have it on your website or or if it's on perhaps the Facebook group for TPF, but of course Blake is a uh, friend of mine. He's actually lives about two blocks away from me, so I've seen all the uh, the completed artwork for the pinball machine, uh, and it's it's incredible. As well as the artwork for your for the the theme for this year, it's it's man, it's awesome. And you can you can get a trans you can buy a translite now, can't you? You can buy a translite that we we printed a hundred of them. So they're available on the website as well. In fact, if, I mean, we've got all kinds of Texas Pinball Festival Cosmic Chaos stuff uh, on the website, so people should definitely check that out. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's it's it's a really cool art package. I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, uh, seeing whatever might be at the show that has, that shows <laughs> off that artwork. That would be cool, but like, it's, and really, we're just goofing. We're just having fun. So. You know, if it, and I've told everybody, you know, if this if this thing gets made, I have no, there's no contract with any companies. There's no, you know, we have we have we have an idea, we have an idea, and we've got a designer's name, and you know, he's it's just kind of his idea, and that's that's where we are right now, and we got some awesome artwork. And you so, know, Ed, if this game, if if it were to get made, how cool would it be if you had ahead of time a translate for the game? You know, it would be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have Blake have Blake sign it, and and all he'll that. Yeah, right, exactly. He'll the artist that created all the artwork will be at the show, happy with his sharpie in hand, ready to sign well, your translate. Well, and I've as the selling point. What's what'll be cool about this is if it if it does if it ever went into production, the odds of it being exactly as we've you know branded it for the show being the same. You know, I don't know how often that happens, but chances are it'll probably get tweaked some, and so you'd have a proto. You know, you'd, you'd have, have a prototype. Proto- even you'd better. have a prototype translate that you can throw in your game because, <laughs> you know, so yeah, that would be cool. Now, earlier you mentioned uh, kind of uh, that when I was talking about the different facets of the show, you mentioned kind of going to the um, uh, I don't know how you worded it, but the com- Comic Con uh, aspect of it, like the, uh, the right. celebrities. Con- yeah, so the- last year, right. you had two really cool celebrities. You had um, uh, Sam Jones, who played Flash Gordon in the in the movie, and you had mm-hmm. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, uh, Cassandra Peterson. Right? That's her wasn't name. that awesome? And that was incredible. And I mean, they had oh, Elvira had quite the draw. I mean, it was man, that, that was a fantastic get for the show. And this year, you have. Uh, Lou Ferrigno, who was the uh, well, in addition to being Mr. Olympia, he played the Incredible Hulk in the in the seventies, early eighties uh, TV series, The Incredible Hulk. 
So is this going to be a, a trend? Are you going, going to attempt to get celebrities like this coming, you know, that are not, not necessarily maybe a connection to pinball, but they're not. And that's, and that's my goal is to, if I can, if I can connect it to, to pinball and, and it was easy. I mean, obviously Flash Gordon, uh, Sam Jones's uh, likeness is on the uh, Bally Flash Gordon pinball machine. Elvira has two machines already. Of course, CERN announced the third one at the show. Uh, the Incredible Hulk, uh, I believe, in fact, you know, there's not really any doubt, the 1979 Gottlieb Hulk, uh, when Gottlieb put that out, is a, it's a result of the success of the TV show. They just opted to use the, the comic book art for whatever reason. I don't know if it was cheaper or just Royalties. easier to draw. They, yeah, they didn't, have photo, they didn't have Photoshop back then either. So, I mean, it was just, it was just easier for them to do that. But, I, you know, that the, in 1979, Lou Ferrigno's Incredible Hulk TV series was, I mean, it was incredible. It was the, oh. one of the, the, the hottest TV shows running back then. For Friday night, that CBS, yep. 7 o'clock. <laughs> I remember it well. <laughs> so uh, I got Lou... Lou just ha- is friends with Sam Jones, and at the end of the show, Sam Jones was really impressed with the way everything was set up, and he did really well. And he said, "Hey, you know, um, I'm friends with Lou Ferrigno. If, if you know that interests you at all, and so he suggested uh, Lou Ferrigno, and I reached out to Lou, and he's, you know, he said, sure, of course, we're going to give. You know, he wants a pinball machine too, so we're going to present him with a, a 1979 Incredible Hulk pinball machine that Kevin Moore's." Currently working on, for those of you that uh, follow Kevin Moore uh, on Facebook, he's got some pretty awesome pictures. I'm restoring one myself. We're gonna, in fact, I'm looking at the play field right now as I'm sitting there talking to you. And we're going to uh, let Lou decide which one he wants to take home with him. I think I saw Kevin's on Facebook recently. I think, did he just put a clear coat on the... He did. Yeah, that's, then it's it, gonna boy, be, it looks nice. It's going to be sick, man. It's going to be unbelievable i'm I'm looking at mine going ask yeah we know you're saying i know which one he's gonna pick (laughs) i'm ready i'm ready just to stop you know (laughs) no i'm not i got i got i'll finish it just if anybody used to have the games there so but if anybody's got a hulk or an avengers hulk i mean by all means bring it to the show and get lou to sign it and you know for ten thousand by christmas (laughs) for the past few years you've really done a great job of getting uh so many of the designers so many of the people in the uh pinball uh, manufacturing community down mm-hmm. here of course you know we mentioned steve and mark ritchie who who is going to be here this year if you can think <laughs> Boy, of all the names at one time yeah without having the website in front of me i'll miss somebody but i can tell you that you know, barry ausler was our first uh guest designer that we announced he did of course doctor who and several others um joe balser is coming back of course now he is currently with american pinball and their houdini we're going to have Dennis Nordman is returning and who was just, I mean, he's still working on his pitch and bat game with uh, gizmo games. And I, I think they just announced that he's going to go work for deep root down in San Antonio. So that'll be interesting to see that unfold. Um, <laughs> that's a, well, that's a whole, we won't even get, we won't touch that one. That's a, you know what? I, yeah, you know what? I'm really, I'm, a, I'm an optimist. I'm, I don't know. The I don't whole, mean that in a negative way. I just mean that so, we could talk about that for a, a length of time. Well, sure, but uh, you know what? How awesome would it be to have a, a pinball manufacturer? Oh, I think it would be uh, great. An- another one. I mean, I mean, we got Multimorphic going on now. We got uh, to have another. Have a if I don't if Deep Root you know gets up and going, that'll be great. And of course, on the pitching bat side, Valley Dynamo up here in North Texas, they're going to they're making those uh, little pitching bat games uh, from the Gizmo Games, so that's kind of cool too. 
I just saw one of the uh, Charlie down here at Joysticks has one of the production units uh, that I saw last Friday, and uh, boy, it's a nice looking machine. The pitch, the pitch, pitch the and bat, yes, bat? not the not the zombie one, just the uh, the regular one, the regular one, right? All all star. Well, yeah, I hate saying I hate saying the regular one, but the all star, <laughs> the non zombie version. Yeah, the non zombie version, the traditional baseball version. So, but let's see. Uh, so de- anyway, Dennis Nordman's going to come to the show. Of course, Mark Ritchie's coming. Steve Ritchie's coming. Um, we have artist Christopher Ferranchi, who has, has done the art for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Batman 66. Dirty Donnie's coming. I know uh, he's uh, very much familiar with the Houston crowd. He's good friends <laughs> with them. Yeah, yeah there's I some know. stories there, but I'm going to keep yeah. those quiet. But uh, he's coming to the show. He's going to fly in. Uh, John Borg, uh, designer for Guardians of the Galaxy and many other Metallica and, and Aerosmith, he's coming in. Let's see who who else is. Uh, well, that's coming? that's that's um, enough. <laughs> that's more than well, enough. Well, no, there's there's more. Obviously, Spooky Pin. I mean, you know, Charlie Emery. I mean, he he's the designer for Rob Zombie, uh, and his his uh, whole crew is coming in. Uh, Jersey Jack. Oh, Eric, uh, the designer for the new Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, uh, okay. Jersey Jack Pinball. Uh, he he sent an email said he's going to come in with uh, Jack and Butch Peel from Jersey Jack Pinball. Will the game itself be here? Uh, as far as I know, it's supposed to be there. Uh, Kingpin Games is going to bring, uh, I believe, a Wizard of Oz and a couple dialed ins, Hobbits, and two or three Pirates of the Caribbean. Man, I have heard nothing but good things about that game, so I'm excited to see game. that one. That'll be this year's hard-to-play game. Every year there's there's a game that people are so excited. Last year it was Houdini. Before that it was dialed in, or were both of those new last year? I think both of those were new right. last year. And, and of course, I mean that in a good way. It just means that they're very popular and they're – Well, and they're still, they're still new in a way because it's they're just now starting to ship them. So it's not like you can just go anywhere and play them. So, so they're still you – know, for people that haven't got to see them yet, they're still going to be pretty new for them. Right, right. So lots of cool new games. You know, it seems, I don't know if it's just your luck of the draw or if that if you're making things happen behind the scenes, but it always seems like you're able to get some new machine unveiled at your show. <laughs> well, and that's just, you know, we've worked hard for that. So, <laughs> I mean, we have everybody. I mean, everybody has, has worked hard in Texas and, and Oklahoma and and uh, Missouri and Louisiana and the surrounding states to make the Texas Pinball Festival the premier show to go to. And of course, now I'm just like I told you, I didn't, I wasn't going to try to avoid. I don't want to sound like a commercial or anything, but it, it, it's true. And so I think the manufacturers recognize that. And if you're in a business, you know, you want to put your product in front of as many eyeballs of people that are potentially looking to be your customer and so that if you're going to do that texas is the place to go and and they they understand that and of course spooky pinball you, you know if you watch their documentary uh, documentary you know they'll, they'll tell you i mean if people in texas are we're serious collectors right i mean what other shows has has people coming from australia all over europe oh uh, we have and that's I mean, there are other shows. I would never say that. Oh, not. I know. I'm, I'm, I have to great. brag on our state's show. Sure. Absolutely, and but we do. In fact, Kim was just Kim was sitting at the. I'm looking at her through the the, the glass up. I'm standing in the game room. She's uh, she just said, "Yeah, man, we got five people coming from Australia." Five oh, I thought, I thought uh, somebody people. said eight. 
Well, there's well, there's probably more. They're just not either not registered yet, or they're coming with somebody that uh, they have not. But in in our database, there's currently five. But you're right. It'll be a mad rush right towards the end because people are still making. You know, it's funny we we talk about selling the passes, and you make you know you can save twenty dollars or ten dollars depending on if you buy your weekend pass in advance and soon enough. But it's not like we sell out. For the people coming from Europe, they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to with airfare, airfare and travel, and you know, so they don't they don't care. The, about the cost of the pass is is two percent of the trip. Yeah, it's not it's not even that. It's I mean it's not it's it's they don't even care about that. They'll they'll buy a pass when they show up at the at the counter. You know they don't they don't you know they don't care. So. Right, I, I completely forgot where we were going with all this. We were well, talking about guests just talking, and all the cool stuff. Right, yeah, how awesome the show is, right? <laughs> so, you know, I, I do have some. You know, the guy that brought um, the guy that brought all those little toy pinball machines. Oh, the, the, ti- the tiny year. ones, the one third weight What's games. His name. He sells coupons or something. Yeah, it, it escapes me. I know who you're Barney. talking about. Anyway, he, I think he sold one of them, so I don't know that all of those are going to to be at the show this year so i know that's going to be a well do you even really call them people. pinball machines i mean if you can't put a coin in it is it truly if a pinball machine that's up for some debate but i don't have any of those little things but anyway boy we sound but harsh I, I hope I, he's not listening to this i will say though uh that for a number of years anytime i saw the the media the newspapers would like have a, a still shot from inside the show those were the games that they picked for some reason to put in the newspaper. I've, there's there's several articles with those with the, with those all lined up with the kids at them. So I yeah, guess there's I, something to be said for it. I, I heard he is he puts on. I don't know if it's show uh, sponsored or not, but there's some kind of cigar smoking thing that he's involved with that uh, I guess has gotten kind of big. I you know should should that we even promote popular. that? The big smoke. <laughs> the big smoke. That is. You know, even if you don't smoke, that's that's the place oh, it's you great. Want to be on Friday night uh, outside the Cypress Lounge at the Embassy uh, Hotel. Lots we'll, of stories we'll be will be told, only half of them adventures, true. Adventures and well, there's a hint of truth in most of them. Uh, but, is there? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. great entertainment. It it really is, and of course, it is. And, and this year, like last year, uh, Underground Cigar Shop out of Fort Worth is sponsoring it. Oh, so, really? Even if you don't have a cigar, they're gonna they're gonna bring them. So come by the come by Friday night. Grab yourself an adult beverage and a cigar, and find a seat, or it'll, it'll probably be standing room only as it usually is, and uh, hang out for a bit. So lab nip really can uh, uh, lab nip is not going to supply some uh, uh, clear gym uh, sponsored cigars. Uh, I bet he does. He'll bring. You know, everybody brings some. And let me. Let me. Oh, that was way too inside. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, but he'll bring his little, his little clear gems. Uh, his little. Did little you find those those stuff. fake diamonds just all over the place when you when y'all were cleaning up? <laughs> no, no. Well, we you know we clean up a little bit, but that's you know our, I'm sure the hotel <laughs> the the convention center people probably did. They don't. You know, they just come in and clean up all the mess. Well, they're, I they're really good about it. I digress. I'm I, I'm going too too much down uh, the road of of what few people <laughs> know what I'm talking about. So, uh, you know, you, we talked about 400 uh, roughly 400 games being there a few years ago. There was a, not an attempt, but a, a an actual Guinness World Record being broken 
of how many games being played simultaneously or started at the same time, and it was two hundred something. Right? right, and it was yeah. The, there was the number of people playing pinball simultaneously, you know, at the same time, and we did that in twenty sixteen. 2015, I think, was that the sound, year. That sounds about right, because it was the, the current location. So, And it was, within a year, taken. the record was, was uh, beaten by another show. You ever right. want to try to get that back? Well, we did try to uh, do it again the, the, the following year after it was taken away from us. And I think the show in Banning, uh, California, the Arcade Expo in Banning, California, uh, they, they took the title from us. And we did make an attempt the following year. But of all things, we were eleven, like eleven pinball machines short of, wow. uh, of being able to break the record, and that was because, you know, they they either you know games go down over the weekend, and we try, and so it may have been more than eleven. I, that that seems like that was too close. I think we would have tried harder. But it was. I remember walking Paul and I walking the the floor, and 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 there was just. I mean, there was there just wasn't enough games that were up and running. I mean, we weren't gonna we weren't gonna cheat and and put people in non-working games and stuff because it's all in good fun. I mean, I'm you know it's disappointing, but you know one day we'll may, we may try it again because that was a lot of fun. But it's a lot of there's a lot of logistics in trying to do a world record. You've got to have you know official counters and an officiator, and you've got to give out little tickets, and it's it's got to be got to have cameras from every angle, and it's a it's a big deal to try to to try to do something like that. Well, that was a fun, and I was, I was one of the people. Um, there you go. And it was kind of a fun thing to be a part of. But I do remember the setup of it. It was, you know, they they went through and kind of triple counted everybody and just made sure everything mm-hmm. was on the up and up. But that was a uh, was kind yeah. of neat. Well, like I said, we are just right around the corner, a, a month and a and a week away. Oh my goodness! So yes. Hopefully, anybody that's on the fence on whether or not they want to come will decide that they will. Oh yeah, absolutely. They need they, you need to experience it just once. And I want people to experience other pinball mach- or pinball machines. I want you to experience those too. But I want you to go to other pinball shows and and uh, and have fun at those as well. And you can see, you know, exactly how good we've got it here in Texas. <laughs> right. And you know, so many of these shows have popped up all over the place. Nashville has a a new show. Uh, Atlanta mm-hmm. has a. Uh, I think this is their fifth year. I've made it out to every one of their shows, and you know, sure. they're just popping and just about you know. Twice a month, once once or twice a month, there's a show somewhere uh, in the U.S. So it's, we've saved it. We've saved pinball. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> yes, we 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 take personal credit for for that. The no, uh, and I, enthusiasts. And I say that though, and I've said that I've said that before, but it's it really is true because if you remember, you know, 15 years ago or when when the Texas Pinball Festival was still a tiny little show and all there was was RGP before Pinside oh, or any of these other yeah, websites that was back in the day. You know, that was, you know, every single post was, you know, support your local operator. and We've got to save pinball. And Stern was the last company and you couldn't find parts for for anything. And, you know, people were bootlegging stuff like crazy just because they, you know, there was no other options. And fast forward, you know, to 2018 and my look at us now. I mean, pinball, pinball's back. And I, and I do believe that a lot of it is attributed to shows and all the bars and the the the, the barcades and and that, those kind of things that are people are you know they see that pinball is back and even at the texas pinball festival my gosh i'm gonna say even up to half of the people that come are not really pinball collectors or hobbyists 
they saw an advertisement and they were like, oh, that pinball, that looks cool. And so they come to the show and they get sucked in and they're buying their first pinball machine and now they're on pin side and now they're pinball people. And then, so, of course, you you know, just like everybody else in this hobby, once you get one machine, that's right. then you have a house full <laughs> shortly and, thereafter. Of course, you know, we're, we're our own worst enemy because people talk about, well, Medieval Madnesses were $3,500 back then and now they're – Okay, so, I mean that's maybe a bad example because you can buy it, you know, new ones. But the pinball pricing is so expensive now, and it's not because everybody wants the A titles that you know all the new people getting into it, and it's a supply and demand issue. So right, the good thing um, is the manufacturing is is catching yes. up. It's you know there's you know so many. I mean you know we went from one company making games, barely making games, to you know now we have three, four, five solid players. Yep. That are, I mean, not just, you know, in somebody's workshop. I mean, like real, you know, production. But it kind of back, to, almost, I would say, back to where we were in the 90s. <clears throat> that's probably pretty accurate. I'm sorry to clear my throat there. That's that's pretty, I would say that's pretty accurate. Now, I don't know if the quantity is there. It may um, not. You know, they, they, they cranked out 10,000 Adams families. I can't fathom uh, any manufacturer cranking out that many. Maybe... Maybe ACDC got that many made, uh, you know. I, yeah, I, don't I think know. all those numbers are kind of closely guarded you know? now. But yeah. uh, but at least we have the 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 number of manufacturers that there there were back uh, oh, back in the absolutely, heyday. absolutely. So it's going to be you know pinballs back, and there's definitely something for everybody, and and uh, plenty to choose from. Excellent. Well, okay, so make it to the show any way you can. <laughs> come out yeah come out and say hi to ed and say thank you ed for doing what you do <laughs> and everything you ever wanted to know is at texaspinball.com well ed thank you very much for taking some time to talk to us and uh i will see you in a little over a month all right thanks ed yes sir we'll see you thanks eric bye bye Thank you for listening to the Arcade Repair Tips question and answer podcast. All of our episodes are available for download at ArcadeRepairTips.com or at the iTunes Music Store under podcast. This podcast is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.